Welcome to Wacker Slaps, where we look back into the annals of 2000s indie music to determine if an album, band, or even entire musical movement was actually good, or just a product of the hype machine of that time. And like all great podcasts, this is the direct spinoff of an unhinged group text that simply refuses to say bye-bye. And uh, per the usual, I am joined by a couple of dudes who won't catch saying yay. Yay, the glitch is back. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, I'm Noah, moving to my airspace. (laughs) And I'm Adrian, and this podcast, she is a porno. And I'm Caleb, and your host, and I'm always down. (laughs) Don't worry about it, guys. Don't worry about me. Oh, yeah, well... Welcome back, everyone. This is Wacker Slaps episode, whatever. What episode is this? Where are we at now? 36. 36. 36. Damn. That's crazy. And uh, this is my first episode back in you know my official capacity as a host. Um, so it's very exciting. I've been uh, doing my thing as a new father, but you know, tonight I told that kid on your own. You know what? Daddy's got to do daddy. So here I am. Here we are. Yeah. So wait, this full on this episode, what are we doing? On, what, uh, what are we doing? <laughs> oh, I'll have to 36. Great start here. 36. <laughs> 36 chambers, bro. Yeah, uh, there yeah. you go. <laughs> we should have done that album. <laughs> yeah. Almost me and Adrian's age. I got that too. Yeah, we should have done. 36 chambers. Talk about a proper New York album. Three Six Mafia, anybody? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mystic Styles is good. It's good. It's good horror core. No. Oh, you know uh, what? Like uh, Three Sixes, though. It's Three Sixes, so Six Six Six. El Diablo. Yes, then. That's twisted. It's a satanical (laughs) album episode. Uh, But we are doing today Interpol from two thousand two. The album name is Turn On Your Bright Lights. And uh, we were talking off mic, but this fool Banks, the singer Banks, was a rapper. Yeah, and it's Turn On The Bright Lights. It's Turn On The Bright Lights. (laughs) What did I say? You said your bright lights. You said Turn On My Bright Lights. (laughs) Hey, fool, turn on the lights. You fucked it up again. (laughs) It's Turn On... It's uh well all right it, yeah we got it turn on turn on the bright lights and yeah he was a rapper by the name of Banks with a Z and uh, <laughs> him and RZA put out a few uh, yeah they dropped a few a mixtape and a, a full length debut album apparently so yeah so RZA, RZA also with a Z yeah that must have been why well, what did you what did you say his album title was called like get off their album was called <laughs> any oh oh the uh <laughs> well their first mixtape was called what is it everybody on my dick like they supposed to be Whoa. uh and then their debut is anything but words and i imagine that's uh anything yeah, but anything, but yeah, anything but yeah 
from this guy (laughs) everyone on my dick like they're supposed to be called it supposed to be it's actually it's it's got Ghostface on it it's got cool keith so huh was that yeah i mean when when you're like a trust fund kid you have a lot of money you can make a hip-hop album yeah that's what i was gonna say caleb did he just pay the rizza to do his little well you gotta pay the rizza no matter what but he probably yeah he probably yeah was this out of pocket was there a label what label did that come out on (laughs) warner brothers (laughs) (laughs) what yeah well they're they're doing good right we Somebody should all. have warned a brother that this album was coming out. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we had it all back then. Yeah. What was that, 08? <laughs> no, it was uh, actually 2016 was when they first released no, that, no. the debut. Post-Trump? Uh, the, that was post-Trump? <laughs> that, well, that's, that's wild. Just, just before <laughs> he was elected. Insane. So that it, it kind of heralded in Trump. Yeah. Uh, the mixtape came out in 2014. Though, so might, I read this. I read this so. article in the Atlantic about how that album is responsible for uh, the rise of Trump. Actually, <laughs> it's a pretty good read. I'll put it in the show notes. We got to do that album, man. Oh, who, yeah, that's like right. deep, deep Patreon. To do I that mean, album. there's like a ton of RZA, probably like completist out there. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. But, but like, how many people? Have, what's what's the streaming number on that album? <laughs> I mean, Banks it's probably. And, I I would hazard I'll look it up now, but I would like have ten thousand more than you would expect. What was it? What was the full? It was Banks and what was Riz's steals? Steals, Banks and steals. Steals, one Banks, Double one steals it. Digital. Man, Riz took Banks to the bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, dude, I'm scamming this fucking Interpol kid. All right, they got they got some mil- some of their songs got some million million plays. So yeah. whoa. They're not uh, two shabs. Twenty-seven thousand monthly listeners. Twenty, just under twenty-eight thousand monthly listeners. <clears throat> Every month, it's like I gotta put that on. Like, I gotta the... put on. Uh, who needs the world? Single or say, hey, fool! You know what day it is? It's, <laughs> it's the seventh. Time to listen to uh, all on my dick, like I thought they would. We should do a bonus <laughs> episode, be. though. Will we do do these? Because there's a, but there's so many like side projects that are just Labs. like what the fuck. Uh, cause just, just here I'm looking at, yeah, couple, like we should uh, probably narrow it down to just like the rap albums. Oh God. Uh, yeah. The corn, corn gang. <laughs> yeah. We really want to like torture ourselves. Uh, okay. Danger mouse, right. I guess. Danger mouse <laughs> or danger. What was it? The gray album. Danger mouse is the producer. The gray album. Well, that's, yeah, that was his solo. I think like, that kicked uh, off a whole bunch of like wave of novelty rap. There's, yeah, that's not actually novelty rap. It's just sounds like it is. Yeah, it's just like gimmicky. Did Danger Mouse just walk off the edge of the earth or something? That dude, no, dude. He's still producing bigger than ever. Yeah, he's still producing huge records. He's he's like he's like in that Grammy pipeline where he's like acclaimed. Uh, now, you know what I mean? Like not quite, but like almost there. He's, he's dude. Mainstream. That would be that. We'll I'll say this and we can move on. But uh, that would be a good if we had a Patreon like a series. We did like just the completest danger mouse, danger, the danger catalog. <laughs> so, danger doom, call it like danger album. house, uh, yeah. no, like Charles everything Barkley. he's done, 
Yeah. But what blue, song blue by bells? song? Was that that was with the the broken the bells? Broken, broken bells, bells. Right, right? The dude from like Poison the Well and like Gnarls Barkley wasn't gal. that him? Yeah. Remember that? She thinks I'm crazy. <laughs> There's like a TikTok <laughs> viral thing that's going around with that song. It's oh, back. So no. Yeah, it's like back. I mean, it's been nearly, you know, 15 years, right? Or so. Or, oh my god. Or has been I feel old. Are there yeah. still songs that are everywhere? Like that song is everywhere. I don't know. <laughs> you mean like like you don't hear that much or anymore. like yeah, it's like you got unescapable. Yeah. Like what was the know. last that song is everywhere? Maybe Billie Eilish or something like that. That song was everywhere. The bad guy. I don't even know if I heard Billy. Shallows. I, I think it was like, the Shallows. Shallows. Yeah, the Shallows. Oh yeah. Okay. Uh, Gaga. What's what's that dude's name? Jackson Maine. Jackson Maine. <laughs> I don't want to get a good look. At you. I just wanted to fuck you again. <laughs> Jesus. All right, back to the right. back at hand. Let's get let's get back in. This so much for getting this doing a brisk two hours. Leaning me, baby. All right, back to Banks Rizza album. I can't wrap my hand head around. That. Oh yeah, Banks is pretty. I totally band. forgot it's about precursor man. Adrian, good job on that. The dregs bringing the. Oh boy. Yeah, the dregs. That's like pop culture sediment. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways. Uh, okay, Interpol 2002. Uh, I believe the word's like dross. That's a good word for that. <laughs> yeah, the dross. Oh, definitely. Anyways, <laughs> welcome to the dross cast. Interpol, turn on your bright lights from 2002. <laughs> turn on the bright lights. <laughs> Adrian, give us a pitchfork review. Okay, so we have a few. Heavy hitter. <laughs> we have a couple of actually we have i have three so the way i broke this down was we have the original uh review from 2002 the original pitchfork review then i have the reissue review which is from 2012 and then i have the rescored review which is from just last year yeah triple uh, review triple review so this and is we're gonna read like them a, all from the jump yeah from the so start. yeah this is maybe we might end up cutting some of this i don't know but I'll just maybe I'll just read the uh, the original and then give you the the scores on the other one. So here's here's the original a piece from the original review. Uh, it was reviewed by Eric Carr, and he gave it a nine point. Who was also the fox from Kiss? He replaced uh, Peter. The kitty cat. We've done this before. Uh, yeah, he was the fox. We've uh, he was in the lick it up era. I think he Kiss. was on our last full. Lick it up. I think he did the last uh, our last episode as well, which I think was the unicorns. If he did that review as well, anyways, Derek um, Carr, Eric Carr, yeah, Derek so, Carr, hell of a QB. <laughs> all right, here is Baby, the excerpt. You can drive my car from Eric Carr's review of "Turn on the Bright Lights" way back in two thousand two. Your bright lights. <laughs> Get it right. Interpol's debut full length is wrought with emotional disconnection and faded glory, epic sweep, and intimate catharsis. Inevitably, the hype exceeds return, and that's why it's hype. And to be fair, Interpol has largely flown under the radar compared to most other New York City acts. But there's no getting around that Turn On The Bright Lights is an incredibly powerful and affecting album. 
Lost, regret, and the minor key brilliantly permeate jangling guitars and rhythmic and tonal shifts. And although it's no closer or OK computer, it's not unthinkable that this band might aspire to such heights. The tragedy of music press is that when the buzz spirals out of control, people are apt to question a great band's validity. Whereas if the band was largely unknown and was discovered independently, so to speak, folks would be less likely to reject the praise out of hand. Whether that will happen with Interpol remains to be seen, but as a member of the press, it's my duty to tell you from one music fan to another what I personally think of an album, and in this case, it's that Turn On The Bright Lights has been one of the most strikingly passionate records I've heard this year, that other people I've spoken with have the opportunity to experience, and that they feel similarly about it can only be a good thing. So... Talking, that's, I mean, we talk a lot about the buzz, and this band was definitely heavily buzzed, you know, yes. back in that era. Uh, not quite as big as like Ooh, the, they got that in common with me, <laughs> <laughs> not quite as big as the Strokes or the Yaya's or some of the other New York City bands, but you know, they were they were pretty huge, pretty influential. Now, when they reissued the album in 2012, Pitchfork re you know put out another review they gave it a best new reissue and they scored it at 9.5 i won't read that but the, that piece of the review but it basically is talking about how the interpol story is interconnected with new york but it's a lot more than just that it's not just you know about that scene or whatever it's you know it's about the connection that these four people have in the band and the way that all these pieces come together you know whether it's Carlos D's bouncy, you know, effervescent basses, bass lines, and then and the uh, you know the the kind of you know, swinging in the pocket drumming, and then you know Banks fucking Vox all over it, and then the interesting thing is that they they last year Pitchfork did an article where they rescored a bunch of albums, so oh yeah, they retconned everything. Yeah, they did so, our podcast. <laughs> oh, yep. They did our podcast. Yeah, one point four down from a, a 10.0 but they they re-scored a bunch of stuff they brought some stuff up that they maybe shit on in the past and then you know uh reevaluated a lot of things but this one is one of the ones that got rescored down and the reviews is short uh, so i'll read it uh and it actually brings up some some fair points uh is reviewed by jillian mapes who is uh another pitchfork uh she's she's ran quite a bit for pitchfork and uh she rescored it down to a 7.0 yeah uh, get them <laughs> and she's she writes which is a little bit of a spoiler for later. <laughs> oh oh boy here we go uh <laughs> getting right to it okay so here here is the excerpt from uh from from uh jillian mapes I was nearly 14 when this record was released, and even then I remember thinking, sleep tight, grim right, we have 200 couches where you can sleep tonight from PDA was one of the dumbest lines I'd ever heard. <laughs> Subway, she is a porno? What is this guy on about? And why does he sound like Ian Curtis? Obviously, no one listens to garage rock revival bands for the lyrics, but there was something about how poetic and dour they thought they were that drove me nuts then and now. Listening recently, I could appreciate the cinematic twinkle and punishing heft of songs like Untitled and The New, moments where Interpol feel more like experimental indie rock inspired by post-punk and shoegaze than just another rip-off band. But for me, those moments are few and far between on an album we've awarded 9.5 twice, both upon release and a decade later. So, you know, yeah. I think that's fair. I, uh, I think... Uh, are they a garage rock revival band, though? No. I have an issue with that. They're like second wave. They get lumped in with them. 
for sure. I think I would say they're if more anything, they're basement rock. Have garages <laughs> in the, the Lower East Side. They're yeah, loft, yes, fuck these loft are, rock. Yeah, loft, loft rock. rock. <laughs> well, you know what I always said about Interpol was they were vest rock as opposed to blazer rock. That's true. You've been saying that for uh, twenty yeah, years yeah. now. For too long. To yeah, I'm sorry. Leather jacket never... rock. Yeah, the Strokes were leather. Yeah, leather and Inter- leather and denim. Interpol was vest. Vest. Who was but Blazer? There was, I think, actually, there wasn't a proper Blazer. Bla- Blazer Rock has to be kind of like Heartlandy, and I like, think yeah. Vest was more the Walkman, in my opinion. But you know, that's one man's. Oh, well, actually, I think wasn't the Walkman you know what? just like the Walkman resolved the dialectical band. between <laughs> Vest and and Blazer Rock? Actually, yeah. Okay, now we're getting the, into now we're getting. They make up the three piece suit, but <laughs> like, kind of like how we're talking about all the, the big New York bands. We're like. I brought this up in the um, Yeah, Yeah, Yeah's like uh, episode where I said, like, if you look at kind of like a previous like, like location specific, like rock, like big label rock, you know, movement like Seattle. And I said that they were like the sound garden of that movement, you know, because they're a little bit more rocky and kind of ref- more directly referential to like classic rock and stuff. Hmm. Would you say that uh, Interpol is like the Allison Chains? Yeah, a little moody here. Yeah, a little more like downtrodden. Yeah, a little bit heavier. Not quite the same vibe, but similar mm-hmm. sonics, but not quite. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's a fair assessment. So yeah, yeah. They, you know, this this record has been discussed quite a bit. It's been, you know, I mean, it's been 20 years since it was released. And just over that time, it's it got to legendary status. And I think, yeah, now I think it's it's kind of like, People are kind of reassessing it and maybe bringing it back down to earth, but I think it's still held in high acclaim. But you know, maybe we should get into kind of what was their deal since we're sort of talking around it right now. Yeah, they're best rock from the NYC in the early nineties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've covered we've covered we've covered this year a lot, two thousand two, and we've covered the whole New York of it all. Yeah. yeah, and then 2002 is like a really pivotal year because it was kind of like when you know when that inside job happened um, the previous <laughs> year, um, you know, and like and I feel like there's all this conversation around that as kind of like you know people didn't believe in the city anymore. Everyone's jaded, and we all went you know. But then there was like this explosion through all the trauma and everything of all these bands and shit. So it being like the the next year, I think mm-hmm. it's like pretty conversation worthy. It's definitely is, but... instilled with a New York kind of dread and anxiety. Yeah. That's post very post 9-11. And uh the interesting thing is like when just reading in some background for the for this, it seems like they weren't it wasn't really necessarily and you know, and as we discussed before, like it wasn't necessarily a cohesive scene in, in the sense that like they were all uh, had the same, a similar sound or aesthetic necessarily. They kind of just get got lumped together in the press. And I mean, yeah, they were in the same dive bars and shit, but it wasn't necessarily a scene in the same way that other scenes in the past had been, whether it's yeah. San Francisco or Los Angeles in the eighties. Right. Or like whatever. Minneapolis or like Seattle. Right. But if you even exactly. look at those scenes, a lot of those bands don't sound alike, you know, yep. it's all just, I mean, Mud Honey is miles away from Soundgarden, miles away. I mean, not miles away, but, you know, 
comparatively, it's it's a lot different than you know they're pulling from a lot of similar stuff, but they're going at it from different angles. You know, they're yeah. they're both pulling from the Stooges, but one's going more punk rock, and one's going more of the hard rock version. So, you know, that's that kind of thing. Uh, yeah, and then here, face. right, and then here, everyone's pulling from the same kind of '80s '70s thing, but they these guys were definitely pulling more from like the more gothy, the more uh yeah noisy you know uh i mean there's so many things that they're like the smiths even at times they're they're pulling from and i think that's not necessarily where the strokes are being inspired or or the yeah 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 or any of the other uh european sensibility yeah wasn't Mm -hmm. one of these guys like from england basically Oh, maybe. Yeah, I didn't. I don't know. I didn't get too deep into. I the, feel like the, I that Carlos D guys like. Yes, I am European. I think you know, Banks, just like vaguely European. I think Paul Banks. I think you're right. Country. I think one I of think them Banks did, is like British. I don't think. I don't think any of them are. I think one of them did like. Yeah, studied in Britain or some He's shit English. like that. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Kessler was born in England. All right, well, there you go. She had me wrong. This but, uh, is the study abroad, the album. Study <laughs> the album. <laughs> that makes sense. I will not explain <laughs> anymore. No, no need. That's, you know, we should just end it there. So, how, great. Uh, what next episode? No. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's a good way to, uh, to sum them up. Uh, yeah, yeah any, I mean, uh, yeah, definitely like, I don't know. We don't need to harp on it, but like, yeah, their not allegiance, but candle of kind of like what we, you know, post punk or goth, like they were yeah. definitely, you know, kind of the, they kind of spurred a whole kind of revival or reinterest in that, you know? Yep. Um, mm-hmm. Even though that, like, the cool thing about post punk, the whole point is that it doesn't like have this super structured sound. It goes in many different like directions, like, the falls of post-punk band but like fucking sonic is a post-punk band in a lot of ways but it kind of like kind of referenced back to kind of the first wave of that and then i don't have a more formulaic sound if that's even a yeah. thing or whatever but um yeah so the, i don't know i think they kind of like opened a lot of people up to yeah like that was saying stuff from like england or continental europe and stuff that was happening yeah. in the kind of earlier 80s this is uh it's it's interesting that the woman who reviewed it did like the revisionist review of it. Yeah. It is a woman because this is very young man music yes. like Dude, I have in my notes this and is it's a just like album. Oh, it's tired. <laughs> it's not cool, it's not sexy. It's yeah. It's uh sexless. It's tasteless. No, it's not. It's good. All right, let's get into it. What's next? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I can get into some album background now, uh, just a little bit more specific. So, Turn on the Bright Lights was recorded in November of 2001 at Tarkin Studios in Bridgeport, Connecticut. It was crazy. They had to get out of the city. It was just, it was too crazy. <laughs> yeah, so let's go off to the rockin' city of Bridgeport, Connecticut. Just for tax purposes. Yeah. No, actually, I think this uh, Tarkin Studios, I think, is one that's been is known for like a lot of indie rock bands went through there. And uh, I wonder if that's like the Thurston Moore connection because he's a he's a Connecticut boy. Oh, maybe, maybe. But it was co-produced, mixed, and engineered by Gareth Jones, who had worked with Depeche Mode, Einstein's Neubauten, and Wire. Nailed it. 
uh, and Erasure, and Peter Cadis, uh, who worked with Death Cab for Cutie, Fine Rabbit, and is the owner of Tarkin Studios. It was released by Matador Records on August 19th, 2002 in the UK, and the following day, August 20th, in the US. It is Interpol's debut studio album. Uh, so Matador Records is one of the preeminent indie labels, one of the most you know successful and well-known. They're a member of the Beggar's Banquet group. I think they're still a member of the Beggar's Banquet group, but anyways, they're, they're one of the bigger ones. You can call them a major indie, let's say. Uh, a lot of great um, bands have gone through them, and we've done a few bands. You know, I think what we did, New Pornographers. What else have we done on other at other Matador Records? I'm I'm assuming we, we had have. To. I'm 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 not familiar at all with this label. What's <laughs> Matt, Matt Matador? We've yeah, the bull. The bull we've done a couple, right? I think so. I've never heard of it. Anyways, uh, moving I'm gonna on. Google this. Yeah, they have they put out some good Matt, stuff. Matador <laughs> Records. Shout out to the Matador Records uh video music collection DVD. That was a big from one. Our youth, from oh our yeah, that was days. a huge one. That was uh, remember the 15th anniversary Matador comp. Yeah, yeah. The the was it the 15 or was it the 10? I thought it was the 10. Maybe I it was, it was 15. 15 random. Yeah, I think maybe you're right. 15. But yeah, that was a big one. Uh, I think I had that like, yeah, did we have that like poster for some reason, like hanging in our room for a little minute? Yeah, I think we got it. Like, you know, I can get like free posters at like Boo Boo's or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, it'll always be like something like that. What a stupid but Whatever. Post. Yeah. Shout out Gerard Cosloy. Good dude. Cause the cause, baby. Cause. <laughs> the good one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the good cause. Anyways, moving forward, the band was formed when the members, Daniel Kessler, uh, who's a guitarist and, and uh, vocals, Carl Stengler, the bassist, and Paul Banks, the main vocalist and also a uh, guitarist. Uh, and then along with the original drummer, Greg Drudy, met at college in the late 90s uh, at New York University in NYC. Yeah. Uh, so a bunch, of, a bunch of college boys. Drudy left the band following the release of their EP Fucked ID Number no. 3 in 2000, and they recruited drummer and scene veteran Sab Fogarino to replace him, who was, who was about 10 years older than the rest of them, and he had been around in a bunch of bands. And I guess yeah. they had found him in a clothing store, and uh, he was friends with, I believe, Daniel Kessler. And uh, once he came aboard, everything sort of locked in. Uh, was he in, like, Marilyn Manson's band or some bullshit? That oh, I don't know about that. Uh, I know he was in a, a bunch of other uh, local local bands there. I think he was in a folk band prior to being to the joining Interpol. But yeah, he he uh, yeah, once he, he was came the aboard, old man. Yeah, and but once he came aboard, everything sort of locked in. I think the original drummer, you know, he he, he had chops, but I think Sam Fergarino really brought some swing and some some you know feel to the to the drumming. And they really, just from everything I've read, they once he they all say that once he came in, it, it sort of became they became Interpol. But they had trouble actually deciding on that name at first. With Kessler saying, "I got to the point where I was like, guys, we are getting decent crowds, but like we don't have a name, so no one knows who to go see again." And I guess Kessler was always like sort of the business guy, the one that's always like, hey, let's put a demo out. Let's do this. Let's call the label. And everyone else was just like, all right, cool. Let's fucking drink and party and uh, do the rock and roll thing. 
So like previous to having a name, they were called like Kessler, Dangler. Bass, no, no. So they considered, <laughs> they considered Las Armas and oh. the French letters before landing Ooh. on Interpol. All three are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Interpol is like a shit name. It is like so even back benign. then, <laughs> even back in the 2000s, people would be like, what are you listening to? And I'll be like, oh, I'm really into uh, Interpol. Like it was I embarrassing mean, to, to say. You know what? Even then, you know what I've always said? ACAB also equals Interpol. So, <laughs> Wait, what? The All cops are bastards, including Interpol. That's uh, what I've always international said. International police. Police. Indeed. So they're like you don't hear much about the other Interpol these days. You know, <laughs> I feel like like if you watch old movies, there's like he's on like the Interpol, like APB or whatever. Ugh, right. Interpol gonna get him. But they're like not the so much European anymore. FBI. Uh, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it was like internet. It was like an international like kind of police. Thing. So I wonder for a minute, probably like two, three years, if you Googled Interpol, the band would pop up first. But now I think it probably goes back to the actual Interpol if you Google it. <laughs> you think it's returned back? Yeah, I think it's returned its status. <laughs> FTO. Yeah. <laughs> that is a uh, dumb name. Imagine if you called your, like, we're the FBI. It's like a joke band. Female man. body inspectors? Yeah, yeah. That'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> the female body. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Booby inspectors. Uh, anyways, uh, after releasing a number of EPs, the band signed with Matador in early 2002 and released their self-titled EP that summer. The record was a slow building success. That is, uh, Turn on the Bright Lights it was a slow building success, uh, selling 300,000 records by 2004, which is uh, not Cha-ching. nothing for, uh, for an independent record. That's pretty damn good. And the record was released to widespread acclaim with several publications ranking it on their end, uh, year-end list and their best of the decades list. Uh, it topped Pitchfork's own best of 2002 list, and it came in at number three on their top 100 albums of 2000 to 2004, came in at number 20 on their top 200 of the 2000s list. It's been on numerous others, uh, Spin, you know, Pulse, all, all those other music, you know, periodicals, uh, Rolling Stone, Slant, et cetera, et cetera. It's so uh, it's, you know, it's, it's, it has got a lot of acclaim and it got a lot of acclaim out of the gate. Uh, it's also been highly influential. It's been cited by a lot of bands as an inspiration, including by the killers, the editors and the XX, uh, the XX, some of whom have been called Interpol clones, uh, which I definitely remember that being kind of a phrase that was thrown around back then is like, what? Oh, they're just Interpol yeah, clones. I want to, yeah. I want Interpol to jump ahead. is a clone. You know, like <laughs> when I was like doing my uh, yeah. when I was doing my research for this album, I was so I was listening to it, and this is what we call a new segment called "Baby's Mama Corner." And uh, so, Jen, my baby's Can't mama, wait. was like, <laughs> she she just is like, is this the Killers? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah. I think but the I totally Killers re- maybe age better because at least well, they that's have, what I'm saying. Like, I'm kind of. I'm like kind of stealing from my own, you know, segment later, but like I totally remember that of like all those, they were just kind of all these bands that got signed real quickly. They're kind of rushing to it. And like the killers are probably the most like popular one, but there was like the fucking band, the bravery and like she wants revenge. Yeah. Yeah. Was the bravery yeah, they were a little the bit... that did the new order cover? 
no that was, that was uh dead no that was goddamn orgy that was the orgy orgy, well, orgy yeah, i guess they, they were, were like a new metal like industrial rock kind of band they weren't even they were before new metal. yeah and that then was like, the dude from orgy brothers with another new metal band. no i think you're thinking of dead sea and that's no. sharon greg allman's uh son was the leader oh, of the band wait really <laughs> yeah. oh shit I, wow okay <laughs> that's cool hey uh, but uh, but yeah, I totally remember that being like a thing, and it happened really quickly too. It was like it happened within like a year of like whatever music release cycle, you know. Then you just like saw these dudes with asymmetrical hair and like leather yeah. jackets, like, and you like kind of like be watching MTV Two or whatever, and be like out the corner years, <laughs> like, oh, is this a new Interpol like right. single or whatever? And be like, no, this is the Interpol bravery. was the kings of MTV Two. And they're ill kind of yeah killers definitely. and uh, well killers I think made it out of MTV too yeah like, they made it to regular bravery MTV just before that the bottom fell out of that uh, shit yeah and then and he had bands like the European versions of this like Franz Ferdinand. Franz Ferdinand and like Hot Chip Hot, yeah but Hot Chip's a little bit more like or, dance oriented specifically yeah, sure. so what's the the, the Fratelli's less guitar the Fratelli's band? The yeah Fratelli's? that was the band yeah well they sure. were more going for like a strokesy thing weren't yeah they, they were like the hives uh, okay. the strokes kind so of the vibes. Interpol I guess sort of at the time was considered to have like edge like a more spikier than say the strokes uh, less noisy. playful more serious I think yeah definitely more serious more brooding more dour uh, yeah, they they brought some unknown pleasures to the uh, indie scene, if <laughs> you will. Yeah. All right, uh, but yeah, they were you know they they were definitely heralds, you know, is is helping. Bring they brought the some post- substance to the indie scene. <laughs> ah, nice. They were heralds bringing you know about the helping bring about the post punk revival. I think there was a number of bands here that that were helped doing that. I mean, the Yaya Yaz and and some of the other art you know bands that we talked about were definitely inspired by post-punk and the all the stuff coming out of the early 80s but to finish off here the record was reissued and remastered for the 10th anniversary in 2012 as we mentioned and uh, it has numerous additional bonus tracks and demos showcasing earlier versions of the songs that eventually landed on this album and it's it's definitely worth a listen to hear some well there's some great b-sides like specialist and some other things that were on some of the earlier eps and then there are demos that you can hear some of the from the original drummer and you can see how that the songs were transformed once the new drummer came about fulgarino came about uh, and then uh yeah you can hear uh just how like these things got shaped over time into kind of the more tight versions that appear on this record uh and it's for pretty interesting but yeah that that's kind of that's where they were at with the with this. You know, they're a new band starting off. They had released a bunch of stuff uh, on their own, and then they landed on this major indie label and essentially blew up. And uh, and you know, and now here we are talking about it twenty years later. Yep, they blew up. Number one on the pitchfork, one on the charts, one one in our heart, first in our hearts, <laughs> first in the charts, first in our hearts. I always remembered. When they were number one on the 2002 pitchfork list, it was kind of like because I think they were number one, and then Wilco, uh, Yankee Hotel. Fox no, that would have been 2001. Was number two. Well, no, they 2001. Technically, 2002. Yeah, that got they, released. They, but they uh, were both considered like these 9/11 referencing 
like turn on the bright lights was that like the lights that like replaced the twin towers and then like the wilco album had the their own little two towers the american flag yeah right so it really was it because it was recorded like i think pre 9-11 or the songs at least were written before yeah well these albums all of them have probably been in the works pre 9-11 and i'm sure it evolved and changed as their reaction to 9-11 in some ways but I have the list here. So number one was Interpol. Number two was Wilco. Number three was another record that we covered. I don't know. Do you guys want to take a guess of what it was? It's one I that we were really high earlier. on. Okay. So Caleb, what do you think it is? We were high on it. We were very high on it. We loved it. Uh, 2000, it was it the, anyone knows my child dead? Got it. Yeah. Source and then tags. Four okay. is another one we've covered, although we were not very high on this one. But it is one that we uh, we discussed. I'll give you a hint, Caleb. Uh, Was it bangs? Crack it. Bangs? Cracked it open. <laughs> we did. You cracked it open? So an egg? You read it more so than listen to it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the bloopy bleep one. Yeah. Bloop blorp. The Blue yes. Blorps, right? Is that what that the, band's called? The yeah, they should be the books. Yeah, thought for food, <laughs> and then Flaming Lips. Yoshimi is the is number five. So that's not uh, bad. Not bad list. Not bad. Six, you, know you got spoon. We should do. I don't want to do it anytime soon because the Flaming Lips absolutely fucking exhaust me as a band. <laughs> but Yoshimi has to happen at some point because that album was fucking huge. Yeah, uh, yeah but, Yoshimi and the know. Soft Bulletin. We could put this. a pin in that. Yoshimi, I heard it today because it came on like autoplay after this album was done. And mm-hmm. I was I was getting into it. It's not bad. You know, they definitely have gotten <sighs> to the point where they're unlistenable for me, but you know, I'll always appreciate those 80s, 90s, 2000s records. Yeah, looking at this top ten is good. Yeah, exactly. Top ten, 2002 on the pitchfork, and number seven is no twist. Oh, the not no twist. Neon yeah, cold. There's well, no I'm way sure that we'll album's it. good. It's all right. Well, I'm sure we'll we'll get around to that eventually. It's hey, I'm also looking here at this. I think it's. I think it was on the big board. Definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll get. To it's it. on a spreadsheet somewhere. That yes, album. it is. I'm also looking. You know, it's strange. I'm looking at the 2002 Pitchfork top ten list, and the Interpol little review, the blurb that they put on it. Yeah, it's gone. It's redacted. Yeah. I actually Whoa. have it here. I have it here. I could it's kind write. of like a lot of information you're trying to find out about 9 11. I it's think funny how it's just. Uh, Is there something offensive? Uh, no, no. I have it here. It's pretty, you know, turn on the bright lights with the captive, fully formed album, blah, 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 blah. I think what happened is some of because this this happens every once in a while when you're going through some old pitchfork lists or, or articles, yeah. it gets erased because yeah, certain I think certain writers wanted probably either to have to get paid or to you know uh, to to have to have ownership over their writing. So I think a lot of them uh, a lot of the time when you see them missing, I think that's probably an issue with with the writer. Uh, I think the writer okay. was probably like, "That's sort my stuff. I don't want it on there anymore." Yeah. We'll keep so, telling yeah. ourselves that, but we know it's it's some Mastiano. Well, he does. They do shit. drop the N word halfway through the. Oh, <laughs> so maybe that's why. I don't know. It seems all right, but uh, anyways, all right. Uh, no, no. But um, what's next? We got to keep this thing going. 
Caleb, what's next? I think we should uh, take a little pause for the cause because I think we're going to. We're going to fly into um, our personal histories, right? Is personal, more like personal pisteries. <laughs> I got to take a pee. I got to pee. All right. Leave the mic on. It's good audio. Voice ASMR. Yeah. Listen to my flow. Jeez. All right. All right. Enough. <laughs> Enough. All right. On that Banks album where uh, he's just like, listen oh, to yeah. my flow. Listen to my it's flow. It's just a frothy foamer <laughs> hitting the toilet. <laughs> Oh no! Banks. Okay, <laughs> I love Banks. All right, I, all right. So, uh, take a break. Carlos we'll D had a hip hop album too that came out. What was it called? Carlos D's nuts. <laughs> God damn it! He got canceled, <laughs> but we'll get into it later. <laughs> and we're back. And yeah, let's just like slide right into it. Let's talk about our personal histories, personal experiences with this. Um, so let me set the stage for you. It's 2002. <laughs> you know, Bush is out there peddling his, his doing yeah. a great job for his country. Peddling his garbage. Um, no, I uh, I don't think I heard this in 02. It might have been like 03. I probably heard it played at a party or something. Somebody showed it to me. Ooh, I had swanky friends. party. Yeah, yeah, I had friends. This is a time, yeah, when it's like, put on new indie rock at a party. And it's like, no, <laughs> don't do that. Don't put on Zap and Rogers. <laughs> yeah. Right. It is not it was not <laughs> don't meant, be a fool. <laughs> it was not met by groans and and why. Yeah. Um, but I didn't think much of them. And then one night would have been around oh three or four, maybe oh four. I'm watching MTV too, like you did <laughs> pre streaming well, and stuff. And uh, I saw the video for NYC mm-hmm. and I was like, Oh, this is a cool video. And I was at that time I was getting into, was it a PDA had the video PDA had one too, but I, I missed they, they PDA. Both oh, I they think, both did. My bad. Yeah. PDA. PDA I remember the PDA one. Sorry, I don't mean to jump ahead. Yeah, PDA was the big single. It was bigger, but I always thought NYC was the better song. And I kind of like the video. It's like a weird, there's like some, it's like a dual, double exposure type video where there are like some rear projection going on and they're just playing and there's kind of like these two images overlapping, I guess. It's a pretty standard video album trick of the time, but I thought it was it had a cool vibe, and I was into it as a a child, and uh, I thought it was like poignant and good. And eventually, I listened to the album, but as I discovered, I've only ever really liked like three songs on this album, and I thought I was like I thought I loved this album more than I did, but maybe I'll get to that in current histories, but. That was my history. Good old MTV2 video discovery. Nice. Remember did, that video MTV2 logo? Do you guys logo? remember like the dog in, in like whatever Comcast was? Did we have like MTV2 as a separate channel or did they do the MTV2 programming like after a certain time? Yeah, on they might have done like MTV a channel 15. Yeah, like when Comedy Central yeah. and VH1 split it back in the day. Or it was whatever. like a takeover. Right. Yeah. 
Uh, I don't think I think uh, I, I remember it being an split channel. came eventually, but yeah, I just remember it being like they would overlay like yeah the two headed dog at night or whatever. Yeah, the like switch. Yeah. It was like after the what was that that cartoon block that they would have liquid midnight <laughs> what was that thing called <laughs> liquid oh. tv like well uh cartoon sushi there is a bunch of different oh, okay. weird sushi. something yeah. liquid liquid television Freaky. was definitely one uh, the madness yeah all right adrian what's your history yeah i'll get into it uh so for me i first downloaded PDA at NYC from their first EP off Napster and probably around 2002, I want to say. Tisk uh, <laughs> I know. Sorry, Lars. It's like, sorry. Oh, hey, that's not really cool of you to do. Oh, it's pretty good, Lars. All five foot two of me <laughs> coming after you. Whoa, it's got some vocal effects going. All right, Adrian, I'm gonna throw continue. some modern art. <laughs> uh, because, anyways, yeah, so I really dug the vibe of PDA and, and NYC. I think, yeah, they're two of their better songs, and th- I like the version, this version of PDA. I think it might have been with the original drummer, but it has like a longer, weird intro where it's kind of got a t- slightly different vibe. But I, like everyone else, you know, I definitely was like, oh, this shit sounds fucking like Joy Division, which, you know, I had already started getting into Joy Division. So I was like, oh, this is this kind of this is cool. This is, this is a cool sounding uh, band. And so uh, about a year later, I want to say I probably about mid 2003, I bought the CD from Best Buy. Great. I think mentioned <laughs> Best Buy. Yeah. And, it's and a little, like, fun little game listeners. Anytime you mention the Santa Maria Best Buy or the library. You have to drink. <laughs> Take a shot. Take a hit. <laughs> so yeah, so uh, I bought the CD from Best Buy, and uh, it it yeah it became it kind of went into heavy rotation for me um, alongside some of the other NYC bands like Liars or TV on the Radio, and then some of the other bands are around you know LCD and, and the Rapture and such. But it definitely became like a car mainstay for me, where it would be like you know one of the the center console discs that I would you know jam out pretty hard to uh, i remember i definitely remember going to like uh, my job at polo the pizza place uh or or college at uh hancock and, and blasting it full blast and uh, really just digging the vibe but yeah i always really love the music but even back then i was like these lyrics man fuck these lyrics are clunky as shit although i think i was a little bit more charmed by them because like as you were mentioning noah this is a young man's album and so when you're a young man, you kind of see the poetry of all that stupid fucking you know, bleak, yeah. weird, yeah. unnecessary lyrics and it, or are necessarily like, I don't know. The words, the words themselves were never good, but the intention you could kind of. Exactly. Yes. Up, uh, hold up in some light and be exactly. like, oh, yes, there's some truth there. There's some wisdom. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and when you're, you know, 16 years old and you're drinking, you know, Budweiser's in your backyard with you guys, like, this this does sound profound, right? Yeah, blasting cigs in the middle, you know, at one in the morning and you're got this on your headphones, like, you start to feel, you feel shit. You're like, the subway is a porno. (laughs) Pass me that You've never even seen a subway? (laughs) Right, it's like, New York, man. The goddamn sandwiches? The sandwiches? 
<laughs> yeah, the romanticism. That was my peak. Probably o two, o three, o four is like my. I don't know. I guess earlier than that, I would say from about like basically high school to like my early twenties, I had like this such a romanticism of New York, <laughs> New York cool. Yeah. No, no, not anymore. No, I mean I still like shit from New York. Went to New York with Noah for the first time. His first time, oh, yeah. like 2010. That was wow. dirty. That was a dirty weekend, as they call it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I have never been, but uh, it's you know it's always been. Uh, oh, you just, gotta go. You gotta drive the pizza. Uh, you gotta now, get a fucking bagel. Now it's you all like, smoke some crack. Now it's all like gyms and whatever. sweet greens and mixed yeah, mixed use. Stores. apartment complexes all right anyways caleb dreams. what uh what's your history with this bad boy yeah it's pretty i don't know very similar to, to both of y'all's but um yeah i do remember the i remember the pda video because it had like that kind of like to have like like kind of like the german expressionist kind of like mm-hmm. vibe to it or they have like drawn oh sets and yeah like something it was like cat shadows you know, yeah. doctor but there was kind of like stop animation like or like it's kind of something happened yeah it was there. like flickery or something like that um, right something like that yeah yeah Old so i remember tiny. that and and then i remember the the lyrics of like 200 couches and i was like the fuck 200 you were like fuck your couch couch. you're doing the (laughs) Chappelle show on him yeah yeah and this is back when no anyways uh (laughs) so like (laughs) yeah i didn't know what the fuck that man i was like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about little kid but (laughs) yeah so like i saw that and i was like oh this is pretty cool and then i probably like linked up with one of you guys and then it was just like oh yeah fucking interpol they're, they're a band that's out there and stuff and like because they were really po- pretty popular you know they weren't like yeah hard to find you know they got in more a way. popular um, with their second release too they had like yeah totally they really totally. had a three-year run yeah, yeah they had like they had like the br- turn on your bright lights and then antics and then they had the one with the animals on it and then that the was one like, nobody cared for oh yeah uh... <laughs> something love our something, love something. to admire yes something. that's it <laughs> yeah i, I bought that, that the record. day it came out oh boy Ooh. for like 20 Dude, bucks that, i think about that, that now <laughs> as broke that is a as list was, we need to like do some deep diving on is bought it the day of it came out like antics as well or like at least that antics was, a better, was a big record dude. yeah that was a yeah, better I don't know but, if that album's better, but I remember it hitting the scene, our scene, a little bit oh, harder. It hit it pretty hard for but sure. But I think about the amounts, the percentage of my net worth at the time that went towards <laughs> buying a new CD. Yeah, dude, you almost right. went fully inconceivable. liquid. That'd be like if I spent like three grand on something now. <laughs> oh, I, brag. Jesus, no. I don't need to know about your personal finances. <laughs> Uh, One no, of our I, intrepid listeners is going to be like, okay, is, they're going to do like the fucking like inflationary tables so, or whatever. So he is twenty <laughs> like relative like, to net worth. No numbers this on much that. Funny. <laughs> You're going to pop up on the networth.net, dude, or whatever the fuck. Ooh, I love that's one of my favorite <laughs> sites. Uh, all right, Caleb. Caleb, yeah, continue. 
yeah, yeah sorry so yeah i remember like, did both of you, i think it was like, just both of you honestly about this album and i remember it being kind of like a hangout album like like it would get put on at like you know like weed smoking sessions barbecues whatever like and my, because you know it was it was kind of a breezy listen you know it's like it was dark and like you know kind of like urban in its own way but like not challenging really like a lot of like post-punk you know because if you put like i don't even know what examples of post-punk bands are well, but like if you put uh, some that like kind of more obs- yeah yeah if you put like kind of that more obscure shit on people like, what the fuck is this? this is too like yeah, uh, yeah exactly birthday party be a great example. yeah it'd be too like a teenage Jesus and the jerks sounding and people like I don't know Glenn Branca Jesus, <laughs> Jesus teenage and the jerks well that's no way but yeah we're splitting hairs here sort of post punk I guess so yeah, you loved just, it if you put on Swanic <laughs> Youth long history um, short you loved it <laughs> all right stop trying to step on my, my lines here but yeah uh, not much more actually but yeah it was like um yeah, it was like a hangout i, I, I remember drawn to like the atmosphere of it you know because it was kind of dark and mysterious in its own way you know like just being a kid from the central coast in california you really don't have any concept in new york other than what like the culture that depicts it you know and so this was like a kind of updated version of that you know because it wasn't like the gangster film or it wasn't like fucking the ramones or whatever so it was just like this you know, different kind of like cool downtown, yeah, urbane kind of something style. was happening over there, yeah. But yeah, it was like kind of elegant and in its own way and stuff. And like, and I can't remember the timeline because remember, shout out to the movie Donnie Darko, watching that <laughs> and getting exposed to like Eco and the Bunnyman and Joy Division, of course. And then be like, oh, what is shit that kind of sounds like new wave, but it's actually like good and darker and like you know, heavier and then finding out there's this like just whole world of bands that you know sound that way and um and then i don't know if like i had heard that and kind of had already had a taste for it if i heard interpol first and then like that shit started to click like that was the precursors to it but you know yeah. it's kind of hard to figure out historical sequencing you know with things um as you get older but uh yeah so that i'm hearing like Kind of like I was like you know still am a huge like youth fan, and I heard a lot of Sonic. I still do you know not to jump too far ahead, but like there's like a good amount of Sonic Youth in terms of like you know, kind of like little dick around bass lines and just kind of like the kind of like removed kind of vibe that this has you know, but it was like an updated version of that you know it was a little slicker it was a little more MTV two if you will, yeah. And, yeah, and it was like I remember, like you know, as a kid, and you're like getting into indie, and some indie like you know teaches you how to like you know be a little bit more clever or whatever. Think she they teach you how to you know think a little bit more. I felt this was kind of more like, even though Noah called it sexless, I don't know if I agree with this. I remember this being kind of like a horny <laughs> album, you know, a lot of ways. You're bone into this thing. <laughs> I wasn't boning to it, because like, yeah, whatever. But yeah, and it, I don't know. It's just, maybe it was just kind of had that like kind of romantic, like 
nocturnal vibe, you know, so that makes you think of fucking or whatever, but I don't know. I don't necessarily agree with that now, but I remember that kind of being having kind of a romantic kind of the little wilt to it. So, you know, it's um, funny that you yeah, mentioned that. Other than that, it's, sorry, not to, uh, just before you finish up here. It's funny oh, you, you mentioned that. Fuck, did, did you make fuck to this album? <laughs> Tell me about it. Uh, actually, uh, probably, but the name age location <laughs> uh i think there's a some uh uh some fuzzy numbers there but uh i think one of the if i'm not mistaken i think the reissue review mentions that this was one that uh indie kids would probably to make out to and yeah. i think that's definitely true i, I think and and i i don't think no assessment of it being sexless is, is necessarily completely incorrect i think it's just it's a different kind of sexy energy yeah yeah you'd be considered a a, a, a a sex pest if you put this on now <laughs> yes 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 like in your mid-30s which we all are you know spoiler alert um it it does sound sexless but when you're like 15 whatever however sounds, old you are when this album came it out it sounds sexy it, if you're yeah 15. yeah it sounds, it sounds sexy it's like shit, it's dangerous i want to wear a vest so sorry, yeah, Kim, go ahead. But, it used to sound dangerous. Now it sounds silly. Well, yeah, it's just, I don't know. Silly is word or just maybe insipid. But, but anyways, but I like I said for in terms of Interpol, the band overall, I think Antics is a bigger album for me and her whole scene. Mm-hmm. Um, that album got a lot of play. That the follow up album to this, yeah, maybe better. I feel like that was that was played a lot around a lot of smoke sashes and <laughs> such. Sure. So, um. Yeah, so, and it's, and then I don't know if I kind of went back to this album after, you know, being really into antics to kind of like inform that kind of a reciprocal relationship there. But um, yeah, I guess that's all I got to say about this particular jammer. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Dude, where was that on the sight and sound list? (laughs) I know, right? Travesty. (laughs) Should be on there. My top 10 was Forrest Gump, Fight Club, uh, Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank, Shawshank for sure. Shawshank for sure. <laughs> uh, American History X. Uh, yes. Donnie. Donnie Darko. Donnie. Donnie. <laughs> and Amelie. Number one. <laughs> uh, no. God. Amelie. Nothing wrong with any of those films, but. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go. So current reactions, thoughts? Noah, want to start it off? Yeah, I listened to this. I don't know why I was so gung-ho on picking this album. I thought there'd be more to mine there. Mm. And then as soon as I suggested this album, or I didn't even suggest it, I just announced it. <laughs> you kind of took over for a second. And I was kind of like, fuck, I guess we've already, <laughs> we, we've already done so many early 2000s New York stuff. And it was kind of like, Maybe there's not much to say anymore about this kind of 2000 version of like post-punk, you know? And yeah, I was kind of disappointed with this album, listening to it again, the songs that I like that and that I have always liked on this album, I still really like them. So that was enjoyable. I like walked around listening to this. The weather has been pretty cold and rainy, I guess it's kind of a good little rainy day album. They're just too 
uh, I felt a little annoyed by them. And I was trying to just, I don't want to shit on them because I'm trying to figure out like, what was it about them when I was young, listening to their music that they made when they were young that connected to me? And why does it not connect now? Shout out killers. when you're. Yeah. When you're young, <laughs> I guess the dude's voice just never helps. On a couple of ones where he sings a little slower, I think that helps. A lot of these songs now, my current reaction are they're too busy. There's too many parts. There's too many switch breakdowns. And it's like they're really throwing like a lot of kitchen sink on these songs. Just like like every impulse, they follow it. Like, let's have another guitar part here. Let's have another bass breakdown here. And it gets a little tedious. Whereas like an album that we've done before that's similar would be like the rapture. And I thought we all thought that that album really held up. Cause I think it, 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 um, it runs with like a more singular vision and idea throughout yeah. the song. I think the rapture understands their influences a lot more where it's like you had a groove out. Like this yeah. is like, yeah, you, you said singular is like the best yeah, word to describe yeah, that. This, this album, a lot of it seemed a little meandering, a little tedious, it's not that long. It's like 11 minutes. I mean, 11 songs, like 42. Wish the album was 11 minutes. <laughs> yeah, if it was like a Minuteman album or something. But yeah, I just uh, felt, I, I guess I just got annoyed by it by the, the end. I think it finishes weak, too. It starts pretty strong and then kind of tapers off towards the end. But yeah, I don't know. I'll probably still listen to the songs that I like from time to time but as far as going through the whole album probably never again in my life not if you paid me all the money in the world <laughs> wow wow okay a lot of money in the world yeah gun gun to my head i'm not listening to this <laughs> <laughs> shots fired interval wow okay uh well for me I mean, I was really, I really loved this record back in the day, and I listened to it quite a bit. Probably, of all those bands, this is definitely up there in terms of of repeat listens and things. And actually, not to get back into the old history, but I just had a memory of there was a day where we were all smoking. Uh, I don't think either of you guys was there, but some of the more, uh, some of the, let's call them jocks, some of the jocks from from uh, our high school class were uh, over smoking and they asked me to put on some of the music that I liked because usually we'd play hip hop or whatever. And I remember I put this on and Did they say uh, put all the quote unquote gay music. <laughs> no, I mean, they, you know, they might as well have, I think I played them black Dahlia murder first. And so, and then I was like, all right, that's one thing. And then here's this. And then I played them some other shit. Uh, maybe the rapture or something, but I remember you know they were all kind of like, oh, this is kind of like interesting production and stuff. Like they they actually were interested in it, uh, which is an interesting thought now thinking about it now and seeing like listening to it now with with older ears. It's like as we're as we said, it's like definitely a younger man's album, and I don't know it. I don't know if it holds up quite as well as I thought it would. Similarly to you know, like I, I you know it it held a high esteem in my memory. For, for me, it holds up probably better than for you, but I 
I think for the most part, the music really holds up pretty well. I don't mind the 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 switching or the the. I don't think it's too too busy. I agree. There's a lot going on, and some of them are songs are maybe more complex than they should need to be for their own good. But I don't know. I've always loved the interplay of the bass and the guitars and the the chiming guitars, and and there's a lot of cool riffs and and little guitar lines going on throughout. It's always, you know, they're fun to play and fun. It's fun to listen to and. Basically, I love the atmospherics then and now. And, you know, now definitely hearing more of that post 9-11 anxious kind of semi-claustrophobic feel, which I think when we're closer to the 9-11 actually actually happening, I think it's it was harder to kind of discern that. I mean, I I guess at 15, it was harder to discern that or 16 or however old I was. And now I can you definitely hear it. You can definitely feel that that's kind of has a. You know, it's kind of lends a, a pall over the the whole affair here, uh, in a way. But definitely, also the the lyrics are much more cringeworthy now. And you know, there's some there's some real clunkers on this one. And yeah, I don't mind his voice as much as as you guys probably. But yeah, it's just it, that's probably the weakest aspect is is yeah. the, the vocals and the lyrics. But there's just too know. much of it. He sings way too much. <laughs> like... I yeah, I don't know. He, I don't think he takes over necessarily. In my opinion, you but- think he's a better lyricist than Trent Reznor? <laughs> I'd say they're on the same. Trent Reznor bad. Trent Reznor is notoriously bad lyricist. Yeah, it's definitely some clunkers. I, I I think Trent hides it better because he yeah, can bury it a little bit more. These like with this, he's very upfront. Like you know, there's a lot of stuff going on around him, but his voice is so specific to this style and you know there's a lot of lyrics on this where i'm like no like wait no back up what the fuck (laughs) are you actually talking about right he tries to like yeah like you you said trent Reznor hides it or whatever but like he tries to sneak it past the goalie or whatever you're like no 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 dude you just said some dumb shit like and there's some by the end of this doesn't even make sense by the end of this album it seems like they're like had to fill out the album they're like running out of time or something like his lyrics like there's that Roland song where he's like my friend was from poland and he had a beard and it was like <laughs> is that just a joke song and you just like not care at all which doesn't like fit the rest of the vibe of the album i think their vibes are just all out of whack it's like i don't know it's inconsistent vibe hmm. I think it's it's also interesting to me that they end the album almost twice. Like you yeah. could either end it with the new or you could end it with Leif Erikson, but they do both. And it's kind of like, well, why? Like the, this, the new would have been a great ending. And, and then you have this other, like both songs are fine, but it's just, I don't know. That was one of the things that stood out to me here on this, this other listen or this uh, kind of listening. Now it was like, maybe this could have been trimmed a bit like, yeah, like you're saying, it does kind of lose steam towards the end. And maybe this would have worked better as just another EP or maybe a couple of EPs as they, you know, as their earlier successful EPs were kind of more punchy and to the point. It's uh, it's interesting to, to return to these bands that were so such a big part of our listening experience back then and, and so hyped and then going back and being like, well, yeah, this is this is kind of. You know, nothing. <laughs> I wouldn't say it's nothing, but it's certainly not 
it's certainly like I don't disagree with the reassessment, right? That Pitfork did. Like I don't re- disagree with going back and kind of puncturing this balloon a little bit. I wouldn't go as far as they did uh, down to to where they did, but is this a, a nine plus album? I don't think so. I don't know. I think I think the luster has faded with this one, whereas some of the other albums from the era and from their fellow you know, New Yorkers, I think they may have stood the test of time a little better. I think the Strokes record is a little bit, holds holds up a little bit better. I think the Yaya Yaz record holds up a little bit better, even though I really like all of these records. You know, it's just, it's, uh, yeah. I think it's just looking at it with older eyes. It's just, yeah, it, it's it's very much of a time and place in life. And uh, there's still some enjoyable moments and some, some great music, but, you know, mm. it's not quite the, the same as it used to be. No, you can't go home again, folks. Oh, damn. Caleb, what's your current history? Yeah, um, it very much is in line with uh, both of yours. Um, and yeah, I'll back up a little bit. Like, I was kind of excited to listen to this album. Like, you know, I didn't know this was what was next. And I was like, kind of excited because, you know, in the past whatever number of years, I've been listening to a lot of like, dark wave post-punk goth kind of music and i was like oh i'm interested to see where this fits within that kind of legacy or history of certain albums and stuff that i've really been digging into and then so you know i started listening to the to this and then i was like i, I don't know it's like i feel like it doesn't have a place in any of that and that was kind of just my own kind of reductionist thinking about what this band was or what this album was and at the end of the day, like they're just like a big tent indie band, you know, and like they they're you know, they're a matador band, they run a major label. You're like that's and not to like fault anyone for that, you know, get your bag, but like that's kind of where they're gonna be at the end of the day and in the history of music, you know, they're not gonna be as Do you think Caleb, you said big tent indie band? Do you think at a festival are they relic? Are they relegated to a tent now, or are they still get a main stage? I don't know. I don't know where. I think they might get a main stage. I think they don't get the big type anymore, but they got the like the second biggest type. You know, (laughs) like they're not they're not the top the top build, but they're in like the mid levels. They're like a one one thirty time slot at Coachella stage three. (laughs) No, I'd say they're like a. They're yeah. probably like sneaking in there at like six, six. o'clock. Yeah, yeah six that. or seven. <laughs> it's like we're gonna we're gonna yeah. we're gonna like bat down here, man. We got Interpol and then it's like block party. And then... Like I guess I'll I'll line up on that stage because Interpol's there. And then <laughs> two hours later, all right, Kev, keep going. Yeah. So like, yeah, I was kind of low key excited. I was like, oh man, someone's gonna be like darker and weirder and everything, but it basically sounded like it sounded when I was 15. Like, you know, the first time I heard this album, uh, probably. So it's like my response to it now sends a lot more about me than it does about this band. I think it's like a great opening four tracks, like the, the lead off untitled, like a really great way to start an album, you know? And I was like, oh, I kind of gave my hopes up and I was like, oh yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be a fucking, uh, it's going to be a trip through the sewers, baby. But um, and I think it's like super tasteful, and it's like I'm I'm big into like one two punches and lead offs and everything. I think it's like how you sequence an album is super important, and I think they kind of nailed that. Listen to it 
after all these years. But as I started listening to it, I started to think I was like, you think when you say like something grows on you, what it was like when the opposite of something growing on you, like where it's like the law of diminishing returns or whatever. Falls off. Like, yeah, like, low key falls off. Yeah, and I was like, it grows on you. More. It's a, a parasitic growth rather than. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. And yeah, and it, as like as each track kind of like revealed itself, it's like it sounds a little less full and original over time, and it just kind of like kind of like you're like oh that song's pretty good but then it's like two filler you know and then it's like two tracks of filler and then you're like oh, was that first song i listened to i'm not good you know whatever so it, it bogs itself down i think there's like for where they like hit the nail on the head with this like the a side of it or maybe like the half of the a side it just gets a little in its own way in terms of kind of pacing and everything yeah and where that really manifests itself is in the vocal delivery and like the lyrics, like that shit is fucking overdone and underdone at the same time, where it's just like, you can kind of string some like kind of enigmatic, like statements together, but that doesn't mean like it means anything, you know? And like, also it's like the first couple tracks they have, like he kind of does some cool, like there's like that song where he like, breaks into the falsetto at the end of it you know <laughs> like yeah. does some kind of more varied vocal stuff and it like kind yeah. of works you know but as it's almost like a live set where he's just like oh i can't do that i threw my voice out but it's like recordings <laughs> or whatever so he's like i'm just kind of kind of do this weird like talk vocal kind of thing a lot of good like um, layering background vocals i wish they did it more it's like why exactly, is this guy exactly, why, yeah. why is his voice so high, it's like super highlight of the band yeah it's super inconsistent the interesting thing yeah, is it's like, he was not the original singer in the band it was wow. actually uh the other dude daniel kessler i think the dude was, doing background vocals, dude doing background vocals. well and then they are like at some point they're like, you know, maybe we should try you with a different, try a different angle and have you sing. Uh, I can't remember the exact reason. They can't, they had some reason why they, they uh, tried him out and he did he listen the, to the know, joy division record. Yeah, I guess so. But he, he, yeah, did, he, he, he like... did the thing and, and they were like, Oh, this actually fits the vibe of us more than what I was doing. So I think that was kind of what uh... ended up happening, but yeah, sorry, go ahead, Caleb. No, totally. No, that's, that's like, that's like yeah that's useful information because yeah it kind of just kind of becomes a parody of like what we like consider like post-punk and all the goth to be you know it was like remember we used to like drive around smoke weed and be like oh let's make up fucking goth songs whatever and be like bright lights city lights (laughs) you know (laughs) but he like kind of does that where it's just like that fake quivery fucking thing it's like no like Ian Curtis like probably had the thickest fucking most impenetrable accent you've ever heard being from Manchester. So he had to sing that way. Like, you know, he had to like keep it yeah. like super like stripped well, down and like direct. Well, like, Ian you Curtis don't have is, to do that. And you're just. Yeah. Ian Curtis is interesting because he's doing like Jim Morrison, which is only like a few years. You know, he would right. have heard mm-hmm. that when he was a kid. Or almost crooning almost yeah crooning, which makes it interesting like oh these guys have a punk rock energy but this dude is almost doing like a weirdo classic rock voice yeah and so then when you have 
this guy kind of earnestly doing a Ian Curtis, Ernest Curtis voice, <laughs> it becomes distracting. Ernest Curtis. Old Ernest Curtis. Yeah, it totally becomes Ernest distracting. Ernest signs to factory records. That was my favorite record. <laughs> <Yeah>. my favorite <laughs> movie. That'd be cool. Ernest goes post-punk. <laughs> He's like, hey, Vern. <laughs> What's the dude? The factory records guy? Oh, uh, oh, well, yeah, the oh, Steve God. Coogan, the Steve the Coogan character. Steve. <laughs> I wonder if that film holds up. Uh, did a Steve I think Coogan it does. I, I've watched it a couple of times. Actually, you know what? I watched 24 hour. hour party people right along the time I was getting into all this shit. And yeah, like, me too. Yeah, that's true. That's that was true. like a romantic that was a seminal kind movie. Of seminal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Tony, was so, it Tony? Damn it, I had it for a second. Tony oh, something. Tony right? Shalhoub. <laughs> That's my guy. Shalhoub's my guy. It's definitely uh, Tony. All right. Uh, Caleb, you done? No, no, I'm getting there. I'm about to land this fucking. Let's land about this. About to thing. land this plane into building seven, baby. Tony Wilson was the. Tony Wilson. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I listen to it now. And, like, and like I said earlier, it's, like, really hard not to hear the bands that like kind of got more, more popular than them like you know what you hear a lot of in this band is the fucking national <laughs> like there's like some yeah, songs where you're just like yeah um which is funny because like i like alligator i still think that's a good album that's a good yeah. like a little sad bastard yeah, kind of looking we could do that laid back album yeah so like i kind of respond to the more like singular kind of laid back things it's like you guys are saying when when they get too ambitious or like grandiose or whatever it's kind of just like you don't feel like they're into that much. It's kind of like at this time of like where you could not have to quit your day job as an indie rock band. You're like, well, if we can like fucking kind of have some parts in these songs that are a little bit have some crossover appeal, we'll just keep those in there. But but like so, it's like I like the songs that are a little more understated and just kind of in the pocket and you know a little bit darker. And stuff, and there's some like still some good jams on it, you know. You know, we'll get into that in that titular well, track in that titular segue. section. But yeah, let's get into exactly. it. Exactly. All right, dude. Let's segue. All right. So who wants to go next? Caleb, what are we talking about? Our wax and our what? Social slabs. But before what? that, let's take a quick little break and we'll come right back with our slabs. Let's go whack and slap. <laughs> All right, we're back. Uh, yeah, let's get into the uh, titular section of this uh, here episode. So let's talk about our slaps. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, since you sound so gung-ho, why don't you give us one That's of yours? That's so enthusiastic. <laughs> No, I mean, it's tragic. That's what I was so, this this experience bummed me out because there's some truly very good songs on this album. Yeah. And I just was like, okay, okay, I'll just say my slap, but the first track, Untitled. I think we all have that as a slap. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like, there you go, guys. You guys spoiler alert. You had all the the blueprint right there, you know, just just let that whole vibe. track one. Yeah, side one, track one. Let that whole vibe just carry over. 
and that's what i thought that's the a... album was like i know kind of like All right. memory like of it, was it. Old... yeah i thought it was more shoegazy than it is it's it's a much more spikier kind of album there's only a couple kind of shoegazy sounding songs and those are the ones that i like the most hmm. like dare i say this first track even has it's not as intense as like my bloody valentine but it's it's in the conversation of a kind of carrying that tradition of kind of a noisy shoegaze type album or type it's song. Very, you know, I use this word before, but it's very atmospheric. Yeah. Uh, and I think shoegaze is all about yeah, the atmosphere. Totally. So they really nail it yeah. coming out of the gate here. Yeah. And then it, uh, it shifts modes. It sounds very New York where it's like yeah. sprawling. It's very like a little scary. And like, as you get older you're kind of like i'm I'm like you know we're we're you know we're classic kind of music nerds and we're like we're albums guys right so what what does album has to have vibe right that's like the most like necessary thing for an album to have so it's like yeah first a great album yeah it has to have that first song has to be a slapper so check they got that right (laughs) Okay, no, what, you, what do you think? Do you like the song too, right? It's it's on my it's on my slaps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, what do you say about it? I just have in my notes like kind of a wheezing guitar sound, kind of a humming guitar, has like a wailing to it. Yeah, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that steam voice is coming great. out of the 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 yeah. subway grate. <laughs> yeah. And like, I've been to New York three times so like, i think i know a thing or two about yeah it's like uh yeah it has a kind of dusk on over the over the city the sun's coming down the piece of garbage blows on your leg kind like of... a rat bites your ankle <laughs> yeah. you're getting a slice yeah <laughs> that's grimy hit of yeah it's that first hit of crack yeah. When you're up all night looking yeah, at the like Hudson, chiming, a little That's ringing a, in your ears. Yeah, I, that ringing is what I put. It kind of ringing intro yeah. sets the stage for a lot of the rest of the album, but like the rest of it, it doesn't. It doesn't really. They don't really deliver on it, which is the atmosphere. Uh, although the, they do, there's a really good baseline here, and there's a good baseline throughout. So that's kind of. You know, yeah. uh, foreshadowing that in a way, but yeah, this is this is definitely a place setter. You know, it, it was always start strong. You know, with these records, I think every every time that we've had a record where the first song is, is strong, I think we've you know ended up having positive, uh, at least having positive thoughts about that first half of the record. It's usually, it'll go down from there, but I think this one, yeah, it it's kind of a definitive song and. I believe that this was a song that originally started off as just an intro that they would play for their live shows. So it was definitely, it's definitely tied to the beginning of, of their whole vibe and their whole thing, not just in this record, but also in, yeah, in their, in their uh, live performances. But yeah, should we hear a little bit of this bad boy here? Yeah, let's hear it. Here's a bit of that intro, which is just very, very iconic if you know this record so here is untitled by interpol
So right out the gate, you got the chiming guitars, you got the bouncy kind of fluid bass line. Yeah. And some some solid drumming. Let's get into the kind of the verse here. His voice is also tempered a lot on this song. Yeah, totally. and he only says like five words repeated, which I think is a blessing. <laughs> yeah, it's, let's see, one, Sparse. two, three, four, basically four and a half lines, four and a half, five lines. Simple, to the point. He sounds cool. sleepy, which is yeah. good. And there's just like a clarity of like, like you know absolutely what this they're all about just from this intro song you know it's kind of dour it's kind of slinky it's it's an interesting way to start off this record and then it gets much more angular from there i don't think it ever gets back to this kind of smoky atmospheric kind of feel right like it 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 gets much more kind of herky-jerky classic kind of uh post-punk feel right yeah you want to hear some more of it yeah, so let's get to some of their there is some lead guitar here which is is pretty good. So here is some of that. Yeah, and like the performances are always tight in all of the songs. Like there's not really much sloppiness to it or like slack. It's all very precise in a way. But yeah, good track. Yeah. How's that mechanical kind of post-punk sound? And then, yeah, and then it does have some of that kind of more gothy sort of uh, spacey guitar work too, which is, you know, always a treat. Nice. Yeah, moving on. Does anyone else have uh, want to throw one out there? Oh, uh, a slap, a yeah. slap. Yeah, one of one of the slaps that um I like is, and it's like the I believe it's the pen ultimate song is the new. Yes, and it was kind of like I had been saying stating earlier, like this album does kind of bog itself down. Like the mid section to like the last third of it is just. I don't know. It's kind of not filler per se, but I don't know. It just doesn't really uphold the potential and the promise of like the first four tracks. And, but I think the new is kind of like you were saying earlier, Adrian, like it, it's, that would have been a perfectly good final track. And it's a little bit more like ballady and more singular and kind of in its own vibe and in, in its own zone and then it has that cool like kind of like change up you know where it gets a little bit more angular a little bit more um i guess intense in a way and um yeah i thought that was like a really good standout track because i don't like when i my pop my memory of this album is like basically the first four tracks like i was like oh that's what makes the album quote unquote whatever yeah then, like the other ones are kind of you know not as memorable but like the new like kind of peeks its head up a little bit and you're like oh that's not fucking that was pretty good you know it's like 
it's a cool way to kind of wind the album down um, in a lot of ways. So, yeah, yeah. It's also one of the newer one of the longer tracks on here too yeah and it, and it, it's kind of more like a varied song and i feel like they lose themselves when they get more varied and they get a little bit more like kind of epic in scope like mm. it's like a nine minute song kind of having... right it's six minutes but yeah it it, it feels pretty Might as well you be. feel every six every minute of that six yeah um so. yeah any other thoughts on that uh no or caleb I have in my notes more like the old. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, take that. No, I don't know. I think it was, I don't know. By the time this song comes on, I'm, I'm a little bored. Like you were saying, Caleb, like when I, in the past, when I've listened to this album, like, oh, let's see if it holds up. I like tap out usually like song five. I'm like, okay, yeah, that's enough. That's totally. enough. Yeah. I think once you get to about hands away, I think that's when things start to kind of fall apart. Nah, maybe not fall apart's a little strong. I think that's when things sort of kind of shift down and tedious or something. Yeah. And then once you get to through like obstacle two and Stella, then and then into Roland, like yeah, it gets a little bit of a slog. Uh I think once he, once he says bracelet, he pronounces <laughs> the word bracelet. Bracelet. <laughs> like brace yourself because there's <laughs> 31 minutes of this album. <laughs> Uh, did you have a um, well that's what i like about the new though it kind of like it's a little peak in yeah. amongst the those valleys you know it's yeah. kind of like yeah this is a little bit different you know a little bit more kind of no it's kind of like i said it's laid back you know it's um mm-hmm. it's a little more dour you know it kind of mm-hmm. reminds me of like the fucking good kind of like ballady kind of sonic youth songs that i'm really into i don't know yeah, yeah. There. Did you have a uh, a time uh, time reference or just? Oh, uh, I I think like the I like the intro. I like how it kind of starts, and then I don't know where it's marked off, but you know how it kind of does that switch, and then it goes into that kind of like kind of different, more jagged rhythm. So like those two poles of this song are kind of interesting. All right. Well, uh, yeah. Let's try from the tippy top. Here is. The New by Interpol. Sounds like Adam's song. (laughs) (laughs) Ever the time I spilled the cup apple juice in the hall please tell mom this is not her fault oh boy they are a lot more pop punky in places than i remembered yeah there's like some blink 182 fucking guitar riffs throughout this album man they're standing on the shoulders of giants (laughs) (laughs) all right here's a little bit more of the verse here this is good I 
That sounds like a, the like a Strokes song, kind of. Kind of. Yeah, totally. Also, like I was saying, I was like like the good parts of the National. I think that yeah, yeah, kind of yeah, yeah. a little bit from that. Um, it's kind of yeah. um, what was that whole phase of music? Chill wave. Mm, it's almost like proto, wave? clown proto, wave, kind of proto chill wave. Yeah, um, I, not quite, but yeah, it, it definitely it's getting chill waves more vibe. like electronic music. Yeah, I guess. Kind of more, yeah. I yeah, it, I don't know. It, it's kind of uh, it definitely there's a strain of like kind of like earnest semi-dark indie rock that's it's, yeah but i like about it is because like the like like we're saying we've all established in that middle section of this album the words he's just literally it sounds like he's phoning in the vocals like it's <laughs> on like a payphone or whatever yeah. he he does some more shit that's more varied and kind of like a little bit more um yeah you know interesting and yeah a little yeah. bit more vulnerable i don't know i think it's like easy to hide kind of like yeah, lack of emotion. Let's hear know, some more of that because I, I think I kind of just forgot about this song. To be honest, <laughs> it's not. It's it's pretty pleasant. It's a pretty song. Yeah, it is. Uh, here's here's a little bit more from um about uh, four minutes in uh, of the new. swanky yeah, yeah that's, a little, it gets a little jammy you know his vocals Caleb I think when you're saying that part where he kind of switches it up he gets a little more like manic -y. yeah that was very like kind of a British like pill yeah, or, yeah you know, totally like that British totally. post uh, Marky Smith or whatever yeah yeah a little more uh, manic he has a little more energy yeah, yeah totally I, I think like all that like that eat like the good fucking shit like pill and like the fall and whatever wire but those guys are all influenced by soul and shit so like they mm -hmm. knew like how to like kind of pitch emotions and like you know how to do different fun yeah a little more forceful stuff with the vocals yeah this uh, uh also showcases like they these there's a lot of good like drop moments where instruments will drop off or the mm -hmm. whole the whole band will drop off and then we'll come back in like there's a lot of really solid moments like that where they play with a kind of like that the dramatics of that which i really like and they, they do really nicely on this song there at the end we heard but yeah I'll, I'll throw one out in the mix now so this one was actually on my honorable mentions list but i saw that it was on your uh your list noah so i think we should talk about it it is uh nyc which was yeah. uh one of the one of the singles from the album i think it was a double a side if i'm not mistaken with say hello to the angels but it's a really great song it's got this kind of you know semi-gloomy atmosphere maybe but it's really I, I don't know i just love the vibe it's got the album title drop in there which is always fun but it also has like some of the most clunky lyrics i mean it's got the uh yeah, you know, the subway is a porno lyric which is i don't know that's kind of grown on me it's grown on me too but it's she, still no he says clunky. she's a porno 
Well, he it's first like a, he says like a subway is a porno, and then he says subway she's a porno. Oh. Uh, he switches it a bit, so uh, yeah. But it it actually fits the vibe of the song pretty well. So I yeah, it's not as quite as clunky as some of the other ones. Doesn't get me. Uh, but I really like it, and I really like the staccato guitar that comes in. Actually, when he's saying the, the turn on the bright lights part, yeah, I don't know. What are you guys' thoughts on this one? Yeah, this part my favorite. The subway is a porno part. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I just get hung up on it. <laughs> Fair enough. This is probably my favorite of their song. I guess, like I said, it was kind of my introduction to the band in the first place. Mm-hmm. So I guess it holds a soft spot. Um, yeah, it's it's good, but I think it's like because the first four songs are really good. I think it's the weaker link of the first four songs, personally. Like, see, I think song two kind of interrupts the flow obstacle oh, i don't like, like it because i like the first song the third song a lot and then that two is kind of always a letdown for me but I don't i'm know. like one two four or like yeah that's a good way to fucking put an album together but yeah maybe this song could have been last oh maybe although i kind of like it here because it does kind of it does break things up between the kind of more riffy obstacle one and then pda is kind of the in between where it's got like kind of the the nyc vibe of an atmosphere but it's got more of a, a riffy kind of thing and it's, it's kind of upbeat but yeah i don't know it's 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 a good song i think i mean it i i see why they made it one of the singles and why it was one of their i think it was one of their songs from their earlier ep uh so you know it's it's one of their it's one that they were able to polish i think more than some of the other ones maybe and uh, you can really tell that they, uh, you know, that they put a lot of uh, effort into that one. And uh, yeah. Um, uh, should we hear it? It is. You know what it is? It's like a cooler version of Coldplay. <laughs> yeah. I you think that's a good, that's a good way to put it. I will play. Let's see. Let's get, just get right to the, the subway is a porno line. Cause it's just, it's, uh, it's iconic at this point. When do you but, think Coldplay gets a, a reevaluation? I think that's happening now. I think, I think that uh, for certain people, it you know, you think people they're gonna go full like, on. You think they're gonna full hot on. Hot rush of blood to the the dick or whatever. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, rush of blood cold. to the head. Yeah. To yes. The, to, yes. There's you know, people you know. consider like parachutes to be some unheralded masterpiece or something. It's pretty good, I will say. I haven't listened to it in, I don't know, 15 years, but I did enjoy it at the time, and I did feel like... Yellow? I don't know why people are shittering all over this record. What's that? Yellow? Somebody who found Radiohead a little too edgy for me, it was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's like... (laughs) Right. It's like like if if Radiohead had, you know, instead of going for Aphex Twin beeps and bloops, they went for, you know, kind of pop, kind of you know atmospheric pop kind of thing but whatever to each their own and uh i guess middle-aged white people chris, need their own radiohead so other me- middle-aged white people need their own radiohead so there you go blander chris martin we stand a legend all right let's hear some of this nyc song here is nyc
You get those like faint background vocals, which mm-hmm. I like. Some of the layering. I don't know. It does kind of occur to me where he's like, Subway is a porno. The payments are a mess. He's kind of like, fuck, Giuliani couldn't get here soon enough. He's cleaning this, cleaning this city you up. You think it's a conservative song? <laughs> yeah, it might be. <laughs> Eric at Adam's ass fucking NYC. Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if I necessarily read it like that, but perhaps. It's like one uh, day a real rain will come. What is Subway? <laughs> is, the, is the porn? I don't get it, though. Like, is it? There's like people turned on? on the subway. Kev, just Google subway as a porno. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Maybe it's kind of about being voyeuristic and, you know, uh, oh. pe- peering into other people's lives. It's weird. People just it's draw porno like, rather than make porn. Like, and I'm sure. Yeah. Well, you know, also I'm sure. Well, he's of that age. It was pre. You used to say porno. And porn is like a young man's term. I was just listening to a <laughs> podcast, and they were and they were talking about that's like the dividing line between Gen X and porno. Um, oh, yeah. It was it was it was on Double Threat. Sharpling was talking about it. it's like his generation says well, porno, yeah, and our I generation guess, says porn. Yeah, that's true. But I think porno is a more of a New York City term, where it's like you go to the porno, Forty Second Street, baby, oh, like get anything theater? you want. Porn, porno theater. Yeah, or like a jack off box is a porno <laughs> right. like go to a porno so i think maybe it's just people jerking off on the on the subway subway yeah but he seems Perhaps. pretty like i think that's that, still happening which is cool hey each their own hey no kink shaming subway, here she is a porner i did want to play he's... Wants to fuck a subway. <laughs> I mean, it is sexual. We see him going into them tunnels, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so here's a little bit of that staccato guitar part that I was talking about, and also the titular, uh, titular lyric. Turn on your bright light. <laughs> <laughs> jazzy drums going yeah it's you know i I really like the kind of everything about this the vibes it's definitely got the most kind of shoegazy i was just gonna yeah some of those i was like where is that on the rest of the album where it's just that like all out layered shit i think it's just the first song and the third song yeah they don't really do it often there's some on the others it's kind of texturing and color but this is the one where those are the two where they kind of go all all in on the kind of yeah. gothy, not quite MBV, but but almost texture, you know, slow slow dive or whatever kind of textures. Yeah. Well, that was all of my uh, slaps. Anybody else have one, Adrian? Or I have a few more. I don't know, Caleb. Is is there any other ones you want to talk about? Or no, that's where I leave it. All right, I will let, let's we'll finish off our slaps here with one more. It's it is probably the most iconic song from the record. It's certainly the first one that I heard. Uh, it is PDA. It is I don't know if it's their biggest single, uh, but it's certainly the one that was on MTV all the time, on MTV two all the time. We talked about the video earlier, you know, being a some kind of seminal seminal moment for for us, but 
but yeah, it's, I think it's one of the more important songs. I think it was one that was in their catalog for a while before this record and one that they, you know, clearly cared about and worked on a lot uh, to develop to this final kind of stage here where, uh, you know, it also became a single and I really like the song. It's, you know, it is kind of great out of the gates, like the beat immediately kind of draws you in. Uh, and then like the post-punk guitars, you know, are really highlighted on this one. And uh, they really do a good job of using the kind of every instrument drops out for a second thing on this one too, uh, which I really like. Yeah. But then, you know, there is the clunky, you know, sleep tight, uh, 200 couches kind of, you know, lyrics thing, but whatever. Yeah, it's uh, a little, uh, it's a little lascivious. <laughs> He's like, collegiate she's so today. cute when she's sedated. Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Maybe, maybe oh. the wrong aspects of college there, but it feels a little collegiate to me for, for maybe, I don't know. Uh, just yeah, I always NYU. felt this song was, I never got the appeal of this song. I just felt a little boring. Mm-hmm. There's one part I like where there's these weird background vocals. That's a highlight. Oh, yeah. Kind of makes the song like right, halfway well. through. Uh, I'll see if I can get some of that. I'm going to start it off here, unless you have anything else to say, Caleb. I'm going to start it off here with just the intro. No, like I said, this is probably the first Interpol song I, I heard. Yeah, I think it's of the first four songs. It's, you know, it's not as strong as the first two, but it's probably the third strongest. Yeah, I, I like that part I was talking about where, yeah, it kind of just goes off in this weird tangent. All right, yeah. We'll try to get some of that in here, but here I just want to know what where, where where are these couches are supposed to be sleeping? On? <laughs> is it like couch surfing or like come think, to New York? Yeah, there's all these couches you can like sleep that. on. Everyone's sleeping right. on everyone else's couches. Everyone's fucking each other, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. But anyways, here is PDA out of the gates. This is one of those songs when you see a band and the singer kind of like starts vibrating, like twitching. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's that quiver. Yeah, it's quiver rock. Yeah, yeah quiver, quiver rock. <laughs> For sure, for he's like sure. A zombie. He's like infected. His like hands are shaking. Here is some from the middle. Let's see if we can't get to some of that dual vocals. I think yeah. 250 mark. Okay, let's see. 250. Let's see what we get. I never found out what they were saying in those background vocals. It's not listed here either. I'm sure it's somewhere, but uh, I've never really been able to decipher them either. <laughs> so that's cool. This is yeah. probably the best part. Some good textures there. 
I'll play a little bit of this outro too, which I like. It's kind of got some some cool vibes, but I don't know. I like the jangliness of it too, and I like the inner the kind of downstroke interplay of everything. It's definitely got some some Joy Division New Order vibes there, but I don't know. It's I think it it works as a song, and I, I like the song, and it's been one of the ones that I've always gravitated towards since uh, the beginning. So here's a little bit more of PDA. That sounds like Blink-182 to me, too. <laughs> it's something to say, something to do. Nothing to say when there's nothing to do. Ah. Oh, I didn't want to know what he was saying then. <laughs> something to say. I guess, right. I can I just add to the vagueness? of the song yeah. Yeah, which is cool very, very i think big. that song is good i just don't like that beginning the two thousand thousand couches yeah that you like when it builds sucks. it builds ahead of steam yeah. his voice stinks on that song <laughs> it stinks all right <laughs> shall we get to the uh our wax on that note pda stands for public display of affection right no it's a personal was the data personal data assistant or something whatever the assistant fuck or whatever. <laughs> okay. palm pilots baby <laughs> they're back that's what he's singing about the palm pilots back yeah it's for encryption Crazy. um any more oh, let's go to what else wax right yeah wax yeah hell yeah uh i got one i'll throw it out there i don't like that song roland roland I mean, roland roland what say roland roland that's on roland this song is just, I think it's kind of a joke song. It's, it's annoying. Like, how, how did this get on there? But I do like the beginning when he goes like, shh. He's like, come on, come on. All right. Well, about... should I? Uh, yeah, unless you guys have some, some thoughts on Keep this one. rolling, baby. <laughs> I like the video with uh, Ben Stiller. Roland. What? Roland, right? By Limp Biscuit. <laughs> you know Ben Stiller's in that video? Oh yeah, he is it is in interesting to think that uh, for a second, <laughs> masterminds or whatever. Oh god! But it was funny to think. Um, that, it's funny to think that for a second, Interpol, The Strokes, and Limp Bizkit were all contemporaries. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. That's how good we had it back then. <laughs> what a beautiful, beautiful time! All right, here yeah. is. Um, um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Gil. Yeah. No, was, yeah, my thoughts on this song are, yeah, the, I, I can't get over, like, the beard. He wore a beard. I was like, it's okay. It's like, Which is, um, it's kind of interesting, though, because, like, beard. as a New York band, these guys are a bunch of clean-shaven vest rockers. They were really kind of presaging the, you know, the bearded Brooklyn thing. You know, they were clean-shaven Manhattan, and then it got moved over to, like, people like Roland within, you know, <laughs> half a generation. So, I don't know. Maybe they're onto something there. Banks did end up having a, a blonde beard for a little while. He went all like oh, sleazeball. Yeah. He would wear like yeah, a gold, gold chain and like slick back hair. He's pretty cool, man. Pretty cool. <laughs> slicked back hair. His hair is slicked back. <laughs> it's not pushback. It's not push. It's slicked back. All right. Here is Roland from the tippy top. 
Best friend's a butcher. He has 16 knives. Okay. Yeah. Pretty that's cool. pretty sad for a butcher. I think that's too many knives for a butcher. Butcher probably has <laughs> yeah, like what, two three. good knives, yeah. three at the most. I need a lot. You need like a pairing knife, you need a deboning knife. I think you need a butcher a knife, bone a, saw. a deboner, and uh, yeah, probably a bone saw. That's about it. Uh, here, here's a little bit more. Let's see if we can't get to some of these lyrics we're talking about here. His name is Roland. He's from Poland, and he wears a beard. Here we go. All right, here is a little bit more of Roland. And um, he has a beard. Um, that's just lazy. Come on. I think this is supposed to be like a joke song. It's a little Yeah, it kind of reminded the, me the of the music. Yeah, yeah, good. yeah. It's, yeah, it's kind of has that garage rocky kind of like scuzz. It does sound very 2002, though. But also, are you supposed to believe this fucking dude is hanging out with like Polish butcher? I don't think so. The character. He's creating <laughs> characters. Yeah, I'm looking at it. I'm doing it's some research. Literate. It looks like at most butchers need about seven to eight knives. Oh, that's a lot. 16 is way too much. Yeah. Maybe they're backups. Nice. You need a cleaver. <laughs> you need a you need a pairing. Yeah. yeah. Scimitar. All right, What's Caleb. That? Hit us with another whack. Okay, um, let me hit you. Let me hit you with this whack here. I don't like that song, the long ass song. Say hello. It's the title is long ass. This is the one um, where he says bracelet. Is that say hello to the angels or some shit? Say yeah. hello to the angels. Yes. Yes. Yeah, see, it's so long. I got tired. I just didn't write the whole thing out. Yeah. Say hello to the angels. Yeah. It's just it's too busy. Um, yeah. It's very busy. It's very busy, and it's also like. I know the strokes are contemporaries. I don't know when this song was written, but it's also kind of like incidentally, it sounds a little too much like the strokes and that's not a bad thing. I like the strokes, but I don't know. It's like, I don't think it fits this album or the band, you know, I think it sounds yeah. like the doors kind of his voice sounds like that. And it has like a Fleetwood Mac intro and then it has like a clash part. It's got the, Bunch of that's shit. what i'm saying it's, a lot of moving it's, parts. it's too much yeah it kind of grew on me because it's so goofy <laughs> i you know this one was actually on my highlights i like this song uh Uh-oh. i always thought of it as kind of a smith's pastiche kind of almost uh yeah, well yeah this is kind of like that very yeah. jaunty yeah jaunty yeah. that's a good word for it but i can i can see where you guys are coming from i can understand i mean it is very busy you know, there's uh, some fucking bad lyrics again. <laughs> yeah, uh, this might be the worst of the lyrics. <laughs> I mean, it, there's a lot of clunkers in here, but I don't know. I like I like the the guitar work on here. I like the kind of I do like some of the busyness, but 
but you know i can see how it just can get a, a little bit annoying uh but i'll unless you guys have something uh some more to say here i'll just get right into it yeah let's hear this thing all right here is some of say hello to the angels say hello, hello to the little angels <laughs> Last night, <laughs> London calling. She was a man. Take it out. Take it out. Take Chinese people are people because <laughs> they eat meat. What? Is it Morrissey lyrics? Yeah, it kind of has that Doors vibe or something. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I, I like the interplay and the jangliness of the guitar and the bass and stuff, but the, the, mm. the music. But uh, let's get to some of these lyrics. Here is uh, some of what we talked about a little bit earlier. Here is some Race more. Of, say hello to the angels. This is a bracelet. Anytime you change pronunciation to fit like the meter of a song is going to be bad. It works sometimes, but they really, yeah, you really got to, I don't know, own it. And I don't know if he fully, eh, yeah, he does, but it's just, it's, 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 it comes off as bad. That's like his rapper <laughs> tendency right there. He's trying to do. <laughs> Chop up them airspace. Uh, Move into my airspace. That's another like 9-11 thing. Oh. Hmm. The pieces are coming together. Banks did 9-11. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, I don't have uh, a whack, so unless you guys want to talk about one more, I think that's about nah, it. That's good enough. <laughs> this this episode bummed me out, man. You know, Paul Banks kind of looks like your a idea. here. <laughs> He kind of looks like what? Kind of looks like a friend of ours here, Adrian. Is <laughs> oh. <laughs> a blonde king. Yeah, it's an, indeed. Um, oh, yeah, it looks like me. <laughs> um, this is a auditory medium, so he'll never know. <laughs> Thanks. He's got that uh, cool little mole on his cheek. Is he Banksy? Is always the, wanted a cheek mole. <laughs> always wanted a cheek mole. All right. This band is a cheek mole of a band. Yeah, it's all. Bummed. All right. Should we get to our rating? Yeah. Or yeah. Right. Rate it. Rate it or forget it. I don't know, man. I guess just middle of the road, seven. So you agree with uh, 
with our old pal uh what's your face yeah, yeah. that gal was right it's a seven with i don't know i think the Julian first Mapes. song is like a 9.0 and the nyc song is like a nine and then everything else is like a, at about a four or five so it's, there's like a there's like a best new music single here but then the rest yeah the yeah <laughs> it grades on me a little bit for some reason it's too yeah it's too busy i thought i thought they had more of a defined sound yeah that's what i thought i thought they were gonna have like I mean, this they dark do. cool nyc fucking it's not cool it's not sexy vibe maybe that's not why cool, we like sexy. maybe that's why we like antics so much because they kind of is antics more like that I think they cleaned it. It's a little tighter. I think they cleaned I think it up it's a dancier, little bit. Right? And yeah, it's definitely dancier. So maybe that's what we're kind of reacting to is like the the, the uh, they didn't go full on into the atmospherics, which we would have liked. And they didn't go full on into the kind of more yeah. upbeat poppy stuff, which we would have liked too. Dance like stuff. six of one, half a dozen of the <laughs> other. Yeah. The only thing I like about antics is the rosemary <laughs> and then i'm out after that i'm like i haven't i haven't listened to antics in fucking years yeah dude. me either i forgot what was a slow hands Lindsay yeah. slow hands you know who was <laughs> fucking obsessed with that album it's a fucking little mexican friend of ours oh, oh yeah. he definitely <laughs> uh he loved this record that record rest in peace he did like that <laughs> he's still a fault dead. we might say He's dead to us. Uh, anyways, <laughs> oh, that's not true. No, not at all. But uh, uh, so you give a seven. I think I don't know. I'm not gonna go as low. I definitely would not. I'm not gonna give it anywhere. We go low. To... Adrian goes high. We got. <laughs> I mean, kind yeah. of. But uh, I don't know. I I in my head going into this, I was like, I think it's like an eight point five. But now just going through it and talking through it, I think. 8.1. I think that's where we're at here. With okay. This. 8.1. Makes it over right. the eight. Yeah. So just a little yeah. bit better than, than, you know, eight, but uh, not nothing, none of the heights that it, uh, that they gave it here. Yeah. Caleb. I gave it a seven. Oh, moving into my airspace. <laughs> well, I said spoiler alert earlier from that review, but um, dun, dun, okay. Dun, let's dun, 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 tally this up. Sweet. It's in the airspace. Punch. Yeah, you know album's bad when it made me want to just listen to the doors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Dude, do you think the doors are ever gonna get their like critical appraisal or something? People still love them. Yeah, people love, love the doors, do you? They're you just doing? one of those devices. Yeah, but I mean like amongst like amongst like the indie crowd or like whatever. Oh, like, like how the broadly speaking, how yeah. like the Grateful no. Dead have been reassessed by the young. Yeah, or even like yeah, Steely Dan or whatever. Well, I mean Steely Dan rules though. Yeah, any you get any like 10 people together, at least two of them love the doors. Probably true. It, it's just Jim Morrison was like a really dumb person, Mr. Like, Mojo. Yeah, I mean, that song's good. Always, also gotta remember, <laughs> like, you start thinking about the doors, and you're like, maybe they're fucking good. good hilarious shit. shit yeah i loved him when i was like but is it old. musically good or is it just like <laughs> no when i was a little just, kid i thought that was like as good as it gets it scratches a certain niche i uh you know i definitely had a big ass jim morrison poster and shit but you know whatever yeah. oh was it the one it where it's all slinky with like la yeah, woman, like the belt yeah. yeah la oh, yeah. woman it's all jazzy he's all drunk as shit <laughs> 
I mean, really, he's just a drunken buffoon. That's among us, you know, that's poetry. what everyone's like, dude. That guy was a fucking psychedelic warrior. It's like, no, nah, dude, that guy was a fucking wine drunk. <laughs> exactly. That's cool. All, All right, right. So where are we where are we land, Caleb? I'm telling it up. So it gives you a total of seven point three six 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 seven. Let's roll that up to a nine. That seems high. <laughs> I don't know. I think that's all right. I think that's a fair assessment. Yeah. We've, have we talked about this? Yeah, man. Kind of a bummer. I guess it's just a forgotten album. It's only like people our age that listen to it for like a two year span. It's yeah, I can't imagine a kid being like it's a relic. Mm. Yeah, is yeah. this popping up on TikTok? I don't think oh, so. No. I'd be oh, no. so surprised if my son at some point's like, Papa, I can see that. Can you slow... tell me about Interpol? <laughs> I can see that slow hand song, maybe standing Which the test of time. No, yeah, on antics, just in general with Interpol, because that song was like pretty huge. That song was kind of everywhere for like a week. But I have a feeling like a, antics CSI so much more lackluster. Now, if you think we listen to it, worse? Well, I'll listen to it probably in 15 years. Well, yeah, now it's perfect segue. Our next week episode is we're doing a antics back stuff. to back. Antics. Antics. Oh, geez. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no, we'll it is. It. it actually is a segue into whatever happened to this. Band. We should um, do they, the they released though. antics and then they released the one with the uh, oh, yeah. We should do a two-hander at some we, point. No, we should that, go that back and do sequels to some of our ones that we've done before. The follow-up uh, album. Like Sophomores. Architecture in Helsinki? Sophomores. Or like Show Your Bones or whatever. The, oh, well, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Stuff yeah, like that. That's interesting. Yeah. But yeah, where are they at now? Would you believe that they actually released a record earlier this year? Yeah, they never really stopped, right? No, not really. I mean, there was like a brief hiatus, and that's when I think Banks did his his rapper Rapping. thing. <laughs> did one of them get kicked out the band? He was like a bit of a perv. Well, Carlos D, uh, I think he uh, maybe said some shit or something happened there where it was, yeah. He uh, he left the band, and uh, it didn't seem like it was necessarily, uh, you know, uh, it, it may have been a little acrimonious. But uh, who knows? I I don't have more information about that. <clears throat> I see. But I mean, a man that wears a gun holster, you know, and a bolo tie. I don't know. It's pretty cool. He's like <laughs> Serpico. <laughs> All right. What's, what's next, Caleb? All right. Up next, we are. Anyone seen these guys live or anything like that? I, I was never, trying to think about never that. Caught them. Yeah, I, I, like, uh, I, I want. I feel like I missed them at a festival like that. I was didn't end up going to or something like that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen them, but I know they played like FYF in places that I would have seen them. But I don't think I. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure I ever actually saw them. Yeah. Yeah, I've cool. definitely never gone anywhere close to this band. Um, I don't. Even <laughs> would would you ever... go, Adrian? Would you go with me if they did like the whatever? They're doing oh the the turn on year. your bride lights and no, yeah, you know what funny thing and that tour was like turn on your antics turn on your antics, <laughs> yeah, the turn on your antics tour. I might go. 
<laughs> I might go. I think it would be because I, I, I did watch some live I footage. Go. I would. Uh, I did watch some live footage from back in the day, and they are a tight band. Like, you can't deny that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know who's playing. I think, didn't Paho play for, for them for a little bit, too? Bass for them? Oh, yeah. Are you thinking of Zwan? Well, no. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, how could you forget Zwan? But I think Dave Paho was, was with Tori Hey, that's a per- perfect segue for our next episode. Zwan. <laughs> All right. What's it called? Like, Z or whatever? Yeah. Final oh, thoughts. Uh, yeah. Final thoughts. Bit of a bummer. I'm a little bummed yeah, out. I am too. Kind of like, disappointed. Uh, um, uh, I was really looking forward to like taking a little walk down memory lane. And I guess I did. But I, don't know, I guess I was an idiot, Peckman, to like this album. They can't all be winners. I think, uh, you know. When you get older, you have to put away childish things. And I think this is just one of those uh, childish things. Yeah, that, That's from the Bible, right? <laughs> is it from the Bible? Yeah. yeah. The child the that believes in childish things. Stay on the porch. You know, it's like when they pointed to the yard and he's like, that's where big dogs shit. And then he pointed to the porch and he said, that's where little dogs sit. Kind of sums up my thoughts. <laughs> Amen. Amen to that. All right. Uh, Is that a killer mic lyric? (laughs) (laughs) I think think so. Oh, God. Oh, boy. Don't get me started on him. Or is it like, uh, or is that a, yeah, I think maybe it is. Or is that a UGK? I can't remember. I think it's the, it's on the killer mic album, but yeah, it's. Anyhow, you got a game for us this week, Noah? Oh, yeah, I do. So I took a look back at the Pitchfork 2002 Best Of, and I'll give you an album, and you guys guess where it ranked on the list. It was uh, 1 through 50 was the – they did 50 albums that year. Top 50. Whoever gets closest wins. All right, here you go. You ready? Eminem. Eminem. The Eminem Show. Where do you think that ranked? We're doing like an over under thing. Yeah, is this, close uh, is yeah. Price, is right. is price is right. Is this price right? Okay. One through fifty. Yeah. God damn, they were high on. Yeah, they were. I'm gonna say he's. Uh, I'm gonna say twenty-two. I feel like it's Whoa. around there. I'm gonna take this opportunity to just say it to every all of our listeners. Eminem has never been good. Eminem has always been <laughs> fucking whack. Anybody in your life who says Eminem is good, any anybody critical yeah. reanalysis that Eminem is somewhat relevant to hip hop, they're, they're full of fucking shit. They're outsmarting themselves. Eminem fucking sucks. Thirty six. Right. Thirty six. Well, you Caleb got it. That was pretty good. It was thirty eight. Oh shit. The Eminem show. I mean, that was already like album number four. I thought it was like, guess who's back? Wasn't that the? (laughs) Wasn't that the Sorry Mama? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? Guess who's back? back. (laughs) Or that was the cleaning out my closet. (laughs) (laughs) Was that on the album, or was that just for the the fucking Eight Mile? No, that I think that was the Eminem show. Cleaning out my closet. (laughs) Sorry, Mama. (laughs) All right, Caleb, you won. Congrats. That's just one. Oh boy. All right. Is that it? Fair enough. <laughs> For real. 
All right, I'll give you one, one more. You want one more? Or just give us one more. Yeah. Give me a chance yeah. to redeem myself. Give us two more. Give us two more. Okay, well, fuck. Now <laughs> Rule threes. There you no, go. Yeah. Threes. It's important. In our... One more for to tie and then a, a tiebreaker. Let's, let's do it. I got to pull up the list. But anyways, talk more about the Eminem show. Yeah, let's take um, a look here. The Eminem show. Yeah, let's go <laughs> Oh, boy. Clean out my closet. Oh, there's a song called oh. White America on here. I'm sure that's great. Oh. <laughs> uh, oh, <laughs> Superman. Yeah, remember that one? Jesus. What was that? What was Superman? It was... Uh... The song was like, that's an awfully hot coffee pot. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's the one with the, the video had the porn star. Oh, Jen and James. No, no. Uh, I can't remember. Was that the one where he's like, they blame it on Marilyn and the heroin? It was Gina Gina Lynn. (laughs) Gina Lynn. Yeah. Not familiar. Type that in. Gina. (laughs) Name. Might have to do some research on that later. (laughs) Do your own research. Okay, oh, without here's... without me was the the big hit from that one. That was the one. I was like, and they blame it on Marilyn. Where was the heroin? <laughs> yeah, with where would the world be without me? God, that's so stupid. All right, here we go. Here's one. Isis, Oceanic. Banger of an album. I fucking great album, yeah. One through fifty. Where do you think they ranked it? Yeah, that's crazy they even put a metal album on there such as it is it's not really metal but oh oh it's pitchfork so with heavy music they fucking give it a little like head pat so it's probably like 47 adrian i said 44 44 yeah dude it's higher than the eminem show it's 31 oh shit nice 30 freaking one. Pretty good. Great album. Probably uh, their best. Okay. Yeah, here. 2002 is there's some good stuff going on in here. I still think I have a, I still, my theory, uh, 2002 to 2004 is the, the height of uh, the odds indie rock. Okay. Here's a, what if you started a podcast that was even tighter time for <laughs> It's just like, <laughs> and you were like 2004. To this is a whacker and slapper. Lappers. Okay. Here's one. There's a bunch. We could do this whole freaking list one of these days. Here's an interesting one Hot, Hot Heat, Make Up the Breakdown. This album was like kind of huge. I yeah, they had MTV too. Videos left and right. Yeah, we should do that album actually. That might be oh, a better you don't want to version to of that shit. Yeah, that no, seems like you're... it'd be kind of a bummer. I would, I wouldn't mind doing. You it. You would yeah. hate it, Noah. You would fucking hate that. <laughs> I album. don't know. It might be good. <laughs> I'm gonna say. I feel like it was just bandages on my arms and legs. I'm gonna say 28. Actually, 28. What'd you say? 28. 28. Caleb. I don't see where were they at. So like 2002. I mean, this was the height. The the bands, like the, but they were like a kind of like. They were in that mix of that dance. They were kind of like high octane, kind of like dance punk. punk. They were like super commercial. They were like Q and not you. (laughs) What'd you say, Adrian? What's your number? Uh, 28, I believe. I'm going to go 29. 
<laughs> just kidding. Uh, Price is I'm going to do 38. No, you were closer before. They were 20. They made the top 20. 20. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I, I think that's one for the books. What do you think? LP, fan, fan dam, fantastic damage. Do you think that's higher or lower than the Eminem show? They were pretty high on that one. Yeah. Uh, it's a little weird, though, so I don't know. That's an album yeah. a lot. Yeah, that's a crazy album. It's a great album. Heavy album. Really good production. Yeah. Experimental hip hop. Let's say 17. Fuck it. Right, but it's experimental hip hop that's not like fucking obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of which, when you um, mentioned the not list earlier, I came up on this little curio. It was not remember the Notwist and themselves a little collabo band thirteen oh, and them or thirteen oh, and God. Wow. Yeah, that was the name. Do yourself a favor, try listen to that shit. Oh, They're no. called thirteen and God. Is the Notwist and themselves anti con dudes? Oh, that Ooh. sounds cool. <laughs> All right, Caleb. number LP, give us a guess, Caleb. Oh, fan! I think it's like number six. I think it was like really high. Real close. So number eleven. Oh, eleven. Yeah, that's like good. I said, they were pretty high on that on the old LP. All right, Caleb, shut her down, baby. Let's land this plane into. I'm not gonna say it. Not gonna say it. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. <laughs> um, sorry if I was a little rusty. I'm a little tired, being a father and all. But uh, yeah, thank you for my first episode back. It's good to get back in. And also our first episode back into the uh, OG format too. Yeah. Which is yeah. a lot of fun. Welcome. Uh, try to do it more consistently. I don't know. This episode was pretty unhinged, but that's what, that's <laughs> what you come here for. That's kind of what you want. That's indie rock, baby. <laughs> unhinged. And um, yeah, we'll get back. You know, we'll, we'll try a bunch of new stuff. And, uh, and who knows? It's a wild ride. And uh, yeah, thank you to... Oh, next week. Yeah. So next week we're gonna do really good album. Kind of switching it up in terms of you know, we're getting away from the, the indie shit. We're gonna do Erica Badu's uh, New America Part One, Fourth World War, Fourth World War, that album. Sweet. So listen to that. Check Sweet. it out. That's a that's a bugged out little fucking soul album. So definitely, definitely get into it. And um yeah, yeah thank you to Kiki uh for our theme song. Thank you to Adrian for all your research and production work and everything else check us out at wackerslaps.com uh, or check us out on socials at wackerslaps you can find us on instagram are we still on twitter or do we get off of that for now uh, fuck elon but for now yeah. i stopped posting okay. months ago <laughs> i i started posting and now i'm like in like a scrum right now with a, a bunch of weird like neoconservatives <laughs> so it's been fun it's been fun <laughs> And and soon, and I swear to God, we're gonna be on Letterbox soon because that's been my favorite oh, yeah. social media. Keep an eye out for that. We'll uh, yeah, we'll do we'll, some we'll... indie movies. Yeah, we're gonna do uh, two thousand some indie movies, music docs, but also like indie rock movies, such as they are. You know. Yeah, and we'll have like we'll, Junebug, that we'll kind keep, of vibe. You guys, you know what I'm talking about. We'll keep doing the spinoff. Uh, we'll it? do the spinoffs, the Superior Old Slaps, joy. the greatest hits. We'll Old do joy. the perfect. We'll do the anniversary class, the Wacker Slaps classic. Yes. 
we'll keep mixing it up, but we'll get back to the original format for now. And also, like, you know, use our website or use the email, use all that shit to tell us what you guys want to hear. Like, honestly, yeah. like, we're open yeah. to interpretation. Definitely open to suggestions. All right. Right. Yeah. All rate, right. So rate, for no one, follow. <laughs> No and Adrian, I am Caleb, and this has been Wacker Slacks. And as always, what made Milwaukee famous? Again? That's right. I forgot. It's been a while. Cleaning out my closet. Bye. <laughs>